by the wonderful Andy Burrows. How are you both keeping? Not too bad, thanks very much. Thanks for having me on the show again, guys. More than Always welcome. a pleasure. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm excited. He hasn't been on this show yet, so no. we'll be uh, gentle, kind. Won't make him do anything he doesn't want to do. We're very tentative podcasters, Andy. We'll be gentle. Yeah. I can imagine. We'll, we'll, we'll ease you ease you. There'll in. be no pressure. There'll be no pressure <laughs> and hopefully no pain or tears either. Um, Andy, uh, to those who don't know, do you want to give people a little bit of insight into what your background is in MMA and, and why we why why your word is more important than ours? Okay. Again, thanks very much. Uh, again, I've been involved in MMA since a very, very long time ago. Probably about uh, 1999 was, I think, the first time I had an MMA fight. It was an amateur fight. It was in England. And since then, up to 2005, I competed in MMA, both an amateur and professional. And from then, I made the transition to boxing and freestyle wrestling. So I've more or less been coaching boxing now um, since 2012, when I retired from amateur boxing. And I still now assist with coaching in a couple, an MMA club and also in a boxing club in Belfast. Still keep my eye on with MMA. Still love the sport. Watch as any, many combat sport fights as I can possibly do, whether it be boxing, MMA, kickboxing. I'd probably watch two tramps fight in the street, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's so the best type of fighting. Probably is. Fights, yeah, yeah, like old bum fights from like yeah. mid-90s. <laughs> but, uh, so winner that's, gets a sandwich. That, <laughs> winner gets what I find in this yeah. game. <laughs> so I, I think that in that respect, I, I do have a, a greater insight sometimes into certain things that take place during MMA. And also that I'm just a complete... Geek super fan, pretty yeah. much like everybody else. Uh, well, thank you very much, um, Andy. Andy, you've been with us from the start, so it's much obliged and great to have you on again. Um, I suppose this week, they're, they're really, if anyone expects us to be talking about anything other than Dominic Reyes versus OSP. Well, I mean, was, was did something else happen this weekend? No, that's the biggest fight I can think of. Um, so that that's pretty much exclusively what we're going to be talking about. So if you don't like OSP or Dominic Fuck Reyes, off. you should probably not be here today. Yeah. Um, no, in all seriousness, obviously, we're going to talk pretty much exclusively about the entire clusterfuck that happened after UFC 229 um, but first uh, we're going to go to the news so uh, Khabib has actually come out despite what you may think he's come out pretty well on his Instagram because he's just hit 10 million subscribers or followers or what Insta people whatever it is um, 10 million that is crazy that, that, to me this just highlights that, that this fight actually really did transcend MMA completely um, on Sunday morning obviously knowing what had happened I couldn't stay up the watch instead I got basically made of the Derek Lewis knocking out Volkov 
Um, the next morning I was in the gym and I was in getting changed and I could hear the two guys, literally older gentlemen, 50s, maybe 60s, discussing what had happened last night between Connor and Khabib. And sort of went down like the Russian lad beat him up and then dived into the crowd. And it was mad. And that just proves that the sport has now passed that sort of backyard appeal that it kind of did have for a long time the yep. lean in appeal that it did have for a, for a while if it's being talked mainstream by people who probably would never even known what MMA is or wouldn't watch it or never wanted to see it in their life before so it has transcended the sport and Khabib his stock has probably gone through the roof after this oh, I, w- I would have thought so it's funny because we were actually talking we uh, our traditional pre-UFC fight night evening trip to Tesco's to stock up on goodies and all that stuff we actually bumped into people and we're having a conversation with them in Tesco's about who was going to win the fight which is really weird because MMA's nearly been like people's dirty little secret in yeah. this country happens in the middle of the night happens in the middle of the night mm-hmm. it's not really talked about or in Channel 5 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what, do you know it's funny you mention that because the first thing I said to Mel is I said that reminds me of when I was like 11 and it was like no I don't watch Channel 5 on a Friday night you know when it was like <laughs> you watching exactly. conf- <laughs> confessions of a window cleaner yeah. or some shit like, you know, like, but, um, but, but yeah no it was it's, it was uh, encouraging to see that it, like it has sort of gone I wouldn't say it's gone entirely mainstream, and I, I don't think it ever will, because at the end of the day, it's fist fighting. However, you break it down, and it's not for everybody. But it was nice to like be out in public, nearly <laughs> with it. Well, this this fight actually, um, well, I mean, we'll we'll cover it in more detail. But this is just to highlight what you were saying about uh, when we bumped into those guys in Tesco's. Um, and to any American listeners, that's just Target or Walmart or whatever. Um, just a supermarket. Uh, I don't even think they call them supermarkets in America. Is it supermarket. Supermart. That's France, bro. Um, they live in the supermarch. Uh, the guys were wearing like McGregor fight kit. and uh, Which well, is shameful. Well, shameful. It, it is and it isn't. I mean, you know, to, to the more casual fans, it's funny because you wouldn't really see a hardcore MMA fan wearing one of those. That's the funny thing I'm about that. I wouldn't see any decent, self-respecting gentleman wearing a UFC fight kit. Uh, well, maybe not. But the the thing was, uh, we engaged I in think the only people you're allowed, you either you're in the corner of said fighter, or you are that fighter. Anybody else? It's like being a grown man with a football shirt with another man's name on the back of it. I think that's okay until you start wearing the socks. Oh, geez, oh the socks! You go full kit. Yeah, I think it's okay to wear a fighter kit if you're 14 as well. Oh, yeah. this, well, totally yeah. I can say that this this man was comfortably. M- Late twenties, early twenties, early thirties. The thing was, I said, teens were a distant memory. I said to him, I said, um, enjoy, you know, enjoy the fight. I was like, it's just a shame that he's he's going to get beaten. And of course, we were. But what about that left hand? Yeah, what about that left hand? And and do you know what's funny is my my friend Marty shout out to you, brother. How you keeping? Um, he's away on his travels at the minute. Um, his dad was over in Italy with them. They're traveling, and his dad and his mum went over to visit them. And his dad and uh, his his mum and his missus I think sat and watched our video breaking down what we thought would happen and I got a text back from him saying about how his dad was just so certain that it was McGregor was going to win and I responded yesterday saying look your dad's a football fan so tell him to stick to his lane like it was just a a joke (laughs) but I did say to him I said listen your dad you need to tell him that what what he said was the equivalent of being like uh, Burnley FC have said they're going to beat Barcelona 5-0 and just outright believing it just because for some reason people believe what Burnley FC say you know they're, they're, and, and that's why I said to him I was like there are levels to this game that I think that uh, this reminded me of the Till and Woodley fight where 
if you knew, you knew. And we uh, we can reveal now that on our poll, yes, um, this is quite this interesting. is quite interesting on on our Facebook poll. Um, we can see who votes for yeah. who essentially. So Connor won the poll, sixty eight percent of thirty two. And it was interesting because everybody who we've come in contact with who follows the page or whoever voted who has either fought, been a fighter, trains, is a coach, they all voted for Habib mm-hmm. and everyone else voted for Connor. Everyone. So if you knew, you that, knew with this one. Yeah. I was actually quite shocked at the number of people who I know who have competed in combat sports or who are currently competing in combat sports who were so convinced that Connor was going to win this fight. I mean, completely convinced. It, it was beyond what I could understand, and there was no objectivity to it. Nope. There's nobody going, well, Connor's dealt really well with wrestlers in the past, maybe not at a similar level, but he's been able to handle the takedown, he's reversed it, he's pulled off great sweeps, he's done this, he's done... There was no objectivity about it. It was just, I think Connor's going to win. And when I pressed any per- person on that, they went, but I just think he can do it. I just think he can do it. And that's great. It's lovely to be, mm-hmm. you know, that, that invested in somebody so much that you will believe virtually anything that they will tell you. But when it comes down to practicality of it, it was just a case of the better man all Absolutely. areas. Well, it's because it's so, they're two such emotive characters that it's an irrational response. It's nearly like two cult leaders and they're two gangs opposing each other there's no rationale no. it's just my guy's the best well what well, it does it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. my guy's the best he'll just deal with it and we'll, we'll stick by him no yeah. matter what so. i mean obviously that that is the biggest news name it, it genuinely is the biggest news name and it transcended as i said earlier on when i saw it was actually on bbc mm. the bbc normal tv not the sports section that actually reported that as an event a world yep. event and i thought right okay that's a world event that's been reported that it has been an mma fight i always gauge it by my father when he phones me who lives in England um, asking about it because he has zero interest in any combat sports so you know it's a big one when he's picking mm. up on it and wants to know what's, what exactly has happened so um, uh, yeah we'll we'll get on with the rest of the news and then we'll we'll come back obviously to, to break down this fight further because we, we have a lot to talk about with it but um, Dana has come out saying that he's expecting a £250,000 fine or $250,000 and a sixth month suspension for Habib um, we will of course be discussing at length whether or not we think that suspensions or, or fines or whatever are at play but that's the headline mm-hmm. um, Dylan Danis has been a very naughty boy um, apart from looking like a Kermit the Frog as developed properly um, um, he has been tweeting Rafael de Sanjos, um, saying that, you know, oh, we'll just meet up and fight. Um, yeah, good luck. Uh, yeah, he's going to need all the luck he can ever get because Dos Anjos would destroy that man. De Sanjos could potentially beat him in a grappling match. Danis is there's no two ways around it. the oh, guy is an absolute, yeah I, I don't know about wizard. straight grappling but fighting isn't straight grappling. yeah it's not and if he's offering him to fight him somewhere in some car park or something no. like that made him he's making a big mistake I know he's doing it for likes I know he's doing it for clickbait but seriously again it's two alpha males they're going to meet these guys are going to come into contact with one another in some show someday and he's going to have the answer for that yeah. he's going to have to say well, I didn't really mean it. I just kind of wanted to talk shit on Twitter. But Twitter well, can turn into real life pretty damn quick. Well, as yeah. Faraz Sahabi said, if you're willing to talk about a man, you better be willing to face him. That's 100% correct. And, uh, you know, 
it, it's well hey look I, I wish to death upon Dylan Dennis in the podcast yesterday but I'm well aware of the fact that if I cross paths with him he's probably going to want to say something about it but uh, <laughs> I'll just turtle up and just be like no no it wasn't me don't know it wasn't me just the guy looks like me um, Connor is not pressing charges again we're going to get into that in detail but I know that um, before the podcast mm-hmm. we were all discussing this and and I think we all sort of mutually agreed it's a classy move from Connor yeah, not totally. pressing charges but we will cover that in immense detail um, one of the things that I find interesting about the fight was Connor's propensity for a bit of the old cheating um, there's a bit of short grabbing a bit of glove grabbing uh, toes in the fence there was 12 to 6 elbows yeah, the back of the head illegal knee, um, knee on the ground, do, yeah. do you think that that was desperation a, yeah was that yeah a I don't believe that would have been a tactic in any st- I, no, I genuinely no. don't think that was a tactic those are like that's it looked to me like a drowning man grabbing for rocks a lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. You know, he was he was in deep, deep water there. And I and I and would I have done something exactly the same? One hundred percent. You know I what? Think Take the warning and get stood up. Yeah. Yeah, sounds well, terrible, yeah. but that's the game. No, it is. Yeah. It's the same as we've joked about it before. But you know, it's like your one free nut shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets one. Everyone gets one. Um so absolutely. Um one of our favourite fighters in the podcast, and I think that you very much like mm-hmm. him as well, Andy, is uh, Gegard Mousasi. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he said he's going to retire when his contract's up, but interestingly, the reason he cited was he's scared of brain damage. Now, first, I just want to say massive kudos to him and respect for addressing that issue and not being ironically scared of saying it, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of fighters are worried that that makes them less tough. You know, to say that they're not as yeah. cool saying that, you know, or less of a man. I'm yeah. a person who suffered quite a significant head injury in the past and suffered things like it's called post concussion syndrome. And whenever you suffer something like that, it makes you acutely aware of your own brain health. Um, obviously, CT is a real thing. It, it's not myth. It's not some sort of wizard no. or a pixie that you don't know or see. It doesn't exist. It does exist. If you even just look at some of the things that uh, I, such a high-level fighter like Ben Askren has said to you about risking head injuries, risking yep. your health by getting hit all the time. Remember, it's not just what we see in the cage. This is behind the scenes. Yep. There's lots and lots of punches, sub-concussive blows, shots to the chest and head that shake the whole body. In that respect, I have got to say that's a massive high five for Gegard in that respect. And I hope he does, hope he sticks to it, and I hope he comes away with it, that he's got enough money that he can go and open his own gym, do whatever in life, become an actor, do whatever he wants yep, to do. Please. Because I don't think that getting punched in the face is a long term deal no, for him. And it no, shouldn't no. be. Well this guy's got nothing literally left to prove. He's in no. what, fifty plus like force 50, champ. Fifty plus MMA fights. Champ. So that's fifty times he's been in there. 50, at minimum 50 times he's prepared for it I'm pretty sure he's got a kickboxing record and mm. an amateur boxing record so like the cumulative effects of that must be starting to wear on him mm. I'm not sure what age he is I don't think he's that old 34, 35 mm. is he? in and around there but yeah I wish him all the best and hope he 100%. sees it out rise off into the sunset as I hope he sticks to it I hope he doesn't come back I'm no not doing a Liddell and Ortiz oh, I hope he's 33 not doing it. 30, 30, 30, I hope he sticks to it yeah, yeah. I, I hope so too that's yet another you know, there was rumours that Habib was going to retire after this yeah. fight. And and I actually really like the precedent that that sets because uh, Brendan Shaw, of all people, um, also... Actually, never mind. I will save that for our Saints and Sinners later on. Um, oh. the, uh, the thing I, I liked about what he said about it was you need to remember how long he's been doing it for and we've highlighted that there with Gegard but you know it's the same with Habib he's been doing that since he was 16 or something mm. crazy thing, people only see like so Habib's been in the public eye the mainstream public eye for a year and he's sort of been in the hardcore MMA fans eyes for I don't know how long he's been in the UFC say five yeah, years yeah say five yeah. five years maybe but I mean that is not reflective of how long 
and like you've been putting in the work and taking blows to the head so you know it's not really like oh he's he's only in the door and then he's out you know this is a lifetime of accumulative effects yes 100 percent um the last piece of news for the week um and it would be remiss of us not to play the clip um is Derek lewis uh we will play his clip now i'm here with the winner Derek lewis Derek, why'd you take your pants off my balls was hot so that clip you've just heard about his balls being hot, um, that literally doubled his Instagram following. My Man. favorite part of that was, we missed it originally because we were laughing at him, was when he told it to Joe. Joe's reaction was, I understand. Yeah, that's right. It's his <laughs> first words back. It's okay, man. I understand. Did you see the other interview, the following interview, where he claimed it was not because they were yeah. hot? Do you do you think that he could have? I really hope it's true. So yeah. he said he had an orgasm, yeah. wasn't it? He says that he, that he actually said, had an orgasm. Yeah, that he wasn't wearing a cup because they don't make cups that big. <laughs> it's Derek Lewis for president. For president yeah. Yeah. He is the greatest. Just um, get Dana out and get Derek in. Is there not something hilarious about the fact that like that guy's the second best heavyweight in the world right now? Like, is there not something that's like it just almost doesn't seem his bad so back he can barely walk. The technique's yeah. not quite there, but yeah, he's the second baddest man on earth. I think he's superb. He yeah. is terrific. It, above all else, yes, his social media is bloody hilarious. You don't follow him on Instagram. You really need to start following me. It's absolutely outstanding. Not only is that he has a f- fantastic interview he's got a great web and he's personable and not only that he knocks guys into like Living. back in time yeah. he really like, does the, the shot the first shot he landed in Volkov you could just see his eyes roll in the back of his head and you went this fight is over and no matter what he does now unless Volkov can somehow miraculously like disappear or something he's done what an unbearable amount of power that man must carry it's crazy I'm, I, I watched in the fight build up like his coach is just mm-hmm. saying this there's something different about him. We were talking about this. Is he's, so he's got one two big gammons attached mm. to the end of his arms. It's he's just swinging them. Crazy. It's almost like that Deontay Wilder. Like it's just. It's not about the technique. It's oh, something, something something biomechanical. Yeah, there's something density genetic yeah. in there that yeah. is just predisposed this guy to have that part. He doesn't seem to carry a massive amount of power with his left. No, like, that's it, the thing. It's it, only his right. Yeah, it just seems to be this one hammer that he has. So, you know what? Fair play to him. I think he's wonderful and long may he continue in the UFC. He has really, like, sneaked up with his record. Like, I'm just looking at The guy's 11-3 and three mm. in the UFC. That's like, crazy. Mm-hmm. Especially there's, when you look at some of the, fought. Yeah. yeah, there's some of the greatest of all time don't have records that no. good. Well, I said going into this fight, Volkov could be possibly the greatest heavyweight you know contender at the minute mm-hmm. like he's, he's in are we both called him out and in fairness the fight went exactly as expected yeah apart for from the last 20 14 seconds. minutes mm-hmm. and 40 seconds and then but that's all you need at well, heavyweight that's what makes it fun well we're actually just about to go into UFC 229 a, a bit of a review um, now anyway so we will talk at this fight a bit further um, the main card um, first of all our favourite ladies currently our, our favourite active female MMA fighter Michelle Watterson I called this um, you had Herrig last week I did um, I said that Watterson was just maybe slightly too well rounded for Herrig although I give Herrig the uh, the Herrig, edge Herrig did what I thought she was going to do with the, the cage pressure and the clinch she yep. just couldn't finish the takedown no which and, I was impressed with Watterson's takedown defence because Herrig looked like the significantly bigger more jacked it's because Woman. of those nice strong mm-hmm. hips Michelle has able to just Jeez. keep them up. 
What? No one else noticed that? Yeah, you can't see it, but we're all judging him. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, look, I, you can judge all you want. I know that everyone else, whether you'll admit it or not, was probably thinking the exact same thing. Uh, yes. <laughs> she is ridiculously talented. She, she's it, it, phenomenally talented. It wasn't a fight. This fight, it was a fight before. I can't remember the girl's name, but she was... Looked again far, far out way, not out way, but she was massively undersized for the fight. And I thought she's in deep, deep trouble here. And she handled absolutely perfectly. It was like if you want a female machine, she looked fantastic. Her movement yep. was great. Her striking was slick and on point, and her ground defense was ex- exceptional. Yeah. So do you know what? I know she looks apart, but seriously, she's very, oh, very. Oh, she's talented. phenomenal, and and she's she's one of the now. The problem is, I do you think she'll ever. No, win the belt. No, and do you want? Mm. There's the point I was literally about to make is, she is the female Cub Swanson. She has mm. that. She's she'll she's beat solid everywhere. Up, up she'll beat five. anyone mm. in the top uh, up to the top five. I think that in the top five, she could win a fight or two uh, amongst those. But I just think that your roses, your Andrages, your well, I've already uh, seen what Rose well, could yeah, do to yeah. her. Yeah, uh, and it wasn't pretty. Um, you and know, but yeah, because I mean, she's fought as small as 105 pounds, like. Dear God, please don't put her in there with Jessica Andrade. No, like that's just not a fair fight. Horrendous, actually. I would um, not want to see that. It would be uh, scary to think that they are literally in the same division mm. and three, what three or four? I haven't seen the new rankings, but I'm sure they're about three or four spaces apart. Uh, one of uh, the that's uh, not not really interesting, but one of the rare. I mean, it seems to be that most of the female MMA fighters are lesbians. Not that it matters, uh, but uh, Michelle Waterson, one of the ones battling for the straight team. She has a child as well, doesn't she? She does. She has a wee one. Child. Yeah. She has a documentary about that, I think, about her child. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. About really? Being, <laughs> really? About being an active professional fighter and a mother. I think it's called Fight Mom or something. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, but it sounds like something they show on MTV. Maybe they have Fight moms it's fight like, mom, like fight moms, Just yeah. a bunch of like Rednecks fighting <laughs> yeah. at the weekend Like I'm Winner a full time mom Just drinking Nothing but caravans. Caravans. Yeah. <laughs> Winner gets the other person's kids um, <laughs> Winner gets the teeth Winner gets it the doesn't, teeth It doesn't count for anything Other than the fact that At least I'm in with a shot As however That's, small a shot that, that doesn't, doesn't matter We I applaud your ambition and optimism hopefully the missus can't hear me from in here Uh, Derek Lewis and Volkov uh, well we were just talking about it uh, to those who didn't see it Derek Lewis pulling a KO from betwixt his cheeks with 11 seconds to go we uh, predicted pretty accurately how the fight would go up until that point we just thought Volkov too well rounded really good at keeping people at range his teeth kicks were excellent to just just kept Poking with with Lewis, kept distance on him. It's baffling how he abandoned it. I, I right. Well, Andy, you have a lot of experience in the sport, taking part in it and coaching people. So you've seen people, uh, the, the thought processes slip in in those moments. What do you think was was the reason that Volkov abandoned that? Was it over excitement, knowing that the the round was coming to a close, mm-hmm. and he nearly had it and just got a bit complacent? Or what do you think uh, happened? Honestly, I thought Volkov got tired. I thought his output in the first two rounds was outstanding. In fact, a couple of times Derek had turned away and looked to be actually trying to run yep. away from him. And his output was so great that, and he couldn't put Lewis away. And, and, and in fairness to him too, you can't step into that range with Lewis no. at all times. And he no. proved that. So I think he was wary of that. So he was fighting a lot of range. So he was fighting an awful lot of range and his output was so high that he just literally got tired. And what got him chained to them is he kept trying to throw that long knee. And yeah. I, we were talking about this beforehand. He threw the same technique a matter of seconds before Lewis landed that shot. And Lewis whizzed the right hand straight past his jaw. 
and yet he went back to that well again. Rather than, I don't know what his coaches were shouting, but they should have been telling him to back off and yeah. just literally turn and walk away. Do, do what Alistair did, turn and run away. Yeah. You turn and run away for the next 10 seconds, you have got this in the bag and you're moving up the heavyweight rankings, you're fighting DC next. Mm. But he didn't. He went back to the well with a long knee and his hands were down and his head was high. And I, I keep talking about that again, but once that is an exposed area, any shot, whether it be to the head or upper part of the body, can put you off balance yeah. and that sets you back. And it, it, it would Derek have even, it's a for sake of argument, he hadn't have knocked him out. It would have given Derek the round and it would have given people an argument to make. Obviously, Volkov won the first two rounds clearly. Yes, yep. But it's could still have been a 10 one. Of, it could, could have drawn have, it. Exactly. Could have been so close that it could have been gone to a 10 8 and he could have drawn that. But I still think, my, my opinion on that, it was simple tiredness. He started to fatigue too much. Do you think he holds his hands low because he's so tall that he's nearly got into defensive bad habits? Because he's so much taller than the average fighter mm-hmm. that he nearly can like pull, he can his, pull, pull his head away rather just than use defend with his hands. to try and, and, and move away from the strikes. Yeah. He probably But can. once you get tired, you lose that quickness in your step to get away. And yeah. Then you're... And, well. and that's that's what's going to close the day. He did the same thing with Verdum, if you remember as well, but absolutely demolished Verdum. He did, yeah. You know, and he, he pieced them up. He destroyed Verdum, and it was the same deal. But I, I do. I said Alistair there, and talking about Alistair over him, obviously. But if you watch what Alistair, how he modified that, Alistair's a really, really tall guy as well, and mm. how he modified that was he just brought his weight down yeah. and crouched virtually to the height of his opponent. Yeah. And that took away the need for him to lean back and get caught. Granted, it hasn't worked out for him in the last couple of fights, but he did modify that position. No real difference. Maybe a slight lack of mo- I'm sorry. Maybe a, bit, a slight lack of mobility, but it actually helped him in a more defensive way. It's funny because, um, well, I was going to say to those who don't know, none of you know, um, Andy's actually our boxing coach, and uh, that was one of the first things I think that we had talked about because we, again, to those who don't know, we we met at. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were down coaching Daniel Ulanchek who we'd made the video for and we got to talking and clearly had a lot in common but whenever we started the coaching that was one of the things I'd said to you and that I was very keen on was I, I knew because I mean again I'm six foot nine so I you know have a ridiculous reach um, and it was one of the things I'd said to you was I was super keen to not fall into the habits that every other tall person in MMA seems to because Every single one of them falls for a knee tap overhand. Mm-hmm. Every all of them, yeah. you know, whether it's uh, St- uh, Struve or Volkov or you know any of the taller guys, you see that um, that mummy defense, which I do like to an extent. But the, the issue with it is that a lot of people don't have, and you, you hit the nail on the head with Volkov. You almost feel like you don't need to move backwards. Mm-hmm. You, can, yeah. you feel like, well, yeah. I can just dip backwards, but you can't, you know, you, you, you really can't. So it's interesting that, that Volkov, you know, not only got tired, but, you know, he's, he basically did, as you say, Mel, with his hands low, as a potential he has sort of got into that. But then, it, it, is, it, is it that, or is it just that there is no kind of 100% correct stance in MMA? Because, you know, you, you have to be aware and mindful of not only the takedown, then the opposite the overhand well, speaking and of then Derek yeah. had tried two or three in fairness that were ridiculously bad takedown attempts mm-hmm. but that must have been playing in his mind as well because like you're saying Derek could especially the way judging is going like you can steal a round with a takedown absolutely so maybe yeah. he was thinking that Derek was going to try you know end of the round you know that's a, a commonly used tactic is you know if you're staying on the feet for the majority of it take down the last minute last 30 seconds you steal yourself a round so maybe that's what he was thinking like I've just got to 
make sure Derek doesn't take me down yeah. and then just left them hanging too low and Derek came over the top I think also Volkov being so tall again he has to kind of keep his hands in that sort of I don't like using the term no man's land but that's what it almost looks like because if they're too high up close to his head his body's getting destroyed. it's going to be very very difficult to try and fight for an underhook yep. especially against like a fence a fence is one of the horrible things but if he's up against a fence it's going to be difficult for him to fight for an underhook at the initial exchange or in the centre of the ring it's going to be difficult to try and get his hands underneath yep. and try and block any sort of takedown defense. Joe Rogan can't keep calling it stuffing a takedown. I don't know where he gets that from, but I mean, you're, you're really like trying to you drive your hips away from the person and get a hand in. So it, if you're at the right distance and you make good contact, it allows for better movement. So it's distance contact movement for your defense. And if he can make that contact earlier, mm-hmm. the distance is obviously correct and it allows him to move yeah. away a lot better. So I think in that way, he's got his hands in that position. Derek is a massive individual mm-hmm. and he looked small to Volkov. So you're yeah. thinking like, how big is this human being? So I think that's probably played into it I do also do think I, I genuinely do think there was an element of fatigue for him though I yeah. do think there's a bit of fatigue yeah there. which is interesting because you would have expected it to be the other way around and mm-hmm. you know what I loved in, in Derek Lewis fight interview as well the yeah, well, for most fights, I was training for half an hour a session, but this this fight, I, I start took it up to an hour. You go on the second. Apparently, latest. his back is just in pieces. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I get that, but I'm not sure that I I. I, I, I'm grateful for that. I'm not sure that I'm like, oh, good for you, fighting with a broken, you know, with back, mm. you know. Like, I think I, I would rather see the best Derek Lewis. I'd rather see him go and take six months or a year out and go and train. You know, like, if that's what mm. the holdup is, go and fix the issue then. Because you have the UFCPI now who, you know, for all intents and purposes, would absolutely work with Derek Lewis. You know, they would they would get him the treatment he needs, get him the physio, the chiropractor, the surgery, whatever it is he needs, he'd have at his at his at his feet. Mm. Um, so I almost to an extent it's not that I don't feel sorry for him, I feel sorry for anyone that's injured, but like I, I myself, as someone with a minor uh, shoulder issue, I, like I, I, I wish I had what he had at his feet. Mm. You know, why, why, what is it? Is it ego? Do you think? Is it just wanting to fight, or is it a denial thing, or opportunity or, more so than yeah. anything? And speaking of opportunity, there's uh, rumors, nothing confirmed yet, that he could be getting a heavyweight title fight within the next month and a half. So that, that once again takes off any potential recovery, surgery, downtime. Um, I don't think that'll happen. That doesn't seem like mm. a smart fight to book. It doesn't take. No. It, not only that, he has that get out of jail free card, the right hand. And I don't know whether yeah. he could ever land that in DC. And I know obviously DC's a different kettle of fish compared to Volkov and any other heavyweight. I also do go back to Lewis's back injury. There is the thing that he could just be taking the piss genuinely because yeah. he, t- he did retire after the hunt fight because of a bad back you remember yeah. going back oh, yeah. and retired he says mm-hmm. his back was so bad he was going to retire so once he had retired he then maybe went away got some treatment and now has made it back although his first fight back he did have to pull out because of back spasms yeah. now he's then gone back and got training so is it the case that most of the guys he's going to face now know about his well documented injury to the back and will try and push the pace and force him into against the cage against the cage and yeah. Lewis now is playing to that sort of factor playing to that little bit of a strength maybe now that he has he says he's going to train for half an hour I don't think any man who trains for half an hour or an hour could last 14 minutes no. 40 seconds with that animal Volkov but then the devil's advocate you know with him you know mm. it, he wouldn't any other fighter wouldn't be able to do it but because he just always just keeps that mm. as you said that, that terrifying right hand he just seems to find a way but um, the, the next fight up um, was 
phenomenal um, Ovin Simpru Dominic Reyes coming into this fight Dominic Reyes on a 9-0 tear Ovin Simpru to me one of the the unsung heroes of the light heavyweight division you're always going to get a tough fight um he's he's had a few bad fights i know i know but uh you know he's a guy that you know someone like a dominic reyes that's a good benchmark fight for Mm -hmm. him um i expected osp to be too much for him to be honest i thought we were going to see a submission and it it was a solid fight but reyes just just managed to put a pace on osp that he just couldn't Mm. couldn't keep and i think the pace was ultimately what won the fight for reyes yeah, I was actually really impressed with Reyes. Totally impressed with him the whole fight. His composure was really, really good. He didn't make... There was a couple of times where Gale OSP had turned away and looked like he wanted to I, kind of go out. And Reyes didn't fall for the bait. He didn't dive in. He took his time. And it looked like he prepared for a long fight. And I, you can't argue with that. Dominic Reyes now is is a contender. Is a, is a contender. He's, there is, he's yeah. right in. He's right in the mix. And I think somebody like him and Anthony Smith would be an Ooh. absolutely outstanding well, fight. Depending on what happens between him and Ozdemir. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you're looking there at a guy who has dropped themselves right into the mix. And regarding OSP too, OSP is actually one of my favourite fighters on the roster. I love him. Love he him. is literally one of the most terrifying human beings that I've... It just, the, his physical appearance is frightening that any guy gets in the cage with. When when he gets... When, when OSP gets it all together, oh. you know, he seems that, to be fair, he is inconsistent with mm. what OSP shows up. Mm. And, you know, you, but even even a bad OSP is still a is fucking hard a fight. solid, solid performance. I really? Think, I think he suffers a wee bit from a lack of offensive wrestling. Like, we've seen his mm. submission game is excellent, but he only really gets to work on the ground when guys take him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You never see him shooting. And that fight against Reyes would have been a prime example of... He was kind of getting lit up on the feet a he bit. He was, yeah. And he, had n- he didn't have that offensive wrestling to go to. No, there was no answer for that. There no. was no answer. So he ended up just sort of being a bit of a punching bag yeah. for three rounds. Just, uh, the, it, it, if it had been another two seconds, it would have been a knockout. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a cracking shot of it right literally on the buzzer yeah mm-hmm. and that was a weird ending to mm-hmm. those who didn't see it the uh, the claxon went for the end of the round but just as uh, OSP had been uh, basically knocked out and uh, it was ruled a decision um, even though there there is arguments that it, it could, should have been a KO um, I I don't really see the problem like to me a win is a win it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't only, only issue I have is with and we spoke about this at the time they've sort of done away with it but this idea of like win bonuses knockout bonuses mm-hmm. if your livelihood and your income depends on decisions like that and you're going to get more for knocking a guy out and you get screwed out of it yeah, for a decision there 50 grand yeah. over you, 10 he, seconds you'll not be very happy he didn't not get happy screwed over though he he didn't he choose to walk away from the KO yeah. instead of finishing up with strikes oh, if he finished I, up I, with strikes no, no, it would have been I have no qualms yeah. with the actual decision because that annoyed me a bit when uh Joe Rogan got into the cage in the interview saying, oh, it should have been a knockout. But, like, by the rule of the land, he knocked him down, and then the buzzer went. Yeah. You know, there wasn't even enough time for, I think it was Big Dan, to, yeah, to I think he off. maybe could have maybe dived in and maybe forced it. Forced it. Mm-hmm. it kind of reminded me a wee bit of the uh, Anderson Silva, Mike Bisping. Yeah. Where yes. Sil- Silva yeah. landed the knee and then just standard off like the fight was over and Pisping's like, no, the fight's not over yet. Yeah, it's not, not over. Not I think there's, there's very few humans on earth who can do that. And I think Mark Hunt's probably the Ma- only one. Mark Hunt, Mike Bisping. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, but well, Mark Hunt for walking away and leaving people just yeah. absolutely but, uh, sprawled. Because we were actually, uh, well, we'll get on to it with, with submissions down line, but we were talking off air about holding submissions until 
the ref breaks them mm. rather than which is what you should but that's the rule. yeah yeah and that's yeah. what I'm saying and I think it's the same with, with strike knockouts I mean you don't take it upon yourself to decide the fight is over like you, you leave no You're doubt right. you go and until a ref steps in it's the exact same principle that's actually one of the things that bugged me the most about the Herb Dean CB Dalloway stoppage which was I saw people being like oh but he was he was barely getting hit and I was like yeah, that's because the guy was just trying to be like, ref. Yeah, like, dive in, help him. Ref, here. stop this. Yeah. You know, like, it wasn't because, like, what what were people trying to argue that, oh, sure, he was barely hitting him because he wasn't even strong yeah, enough to punch him. Like, was that the argument? Because it, what I saw was, was, was just a guy, look, I'm finishing here. Mm-hmm. Would you stop the fight? But, you know, and in fairness, going back to that CB Dalloway thing, there's many ways a fighter gives up in a cage. A lot of people don't like tapping from strikes, and I personally don't. I don't have an issue with it. No. If you're getting hit about the head, and you went, "Screw this! I need out. I'm not getting out of this position." Yeah. And you tap, that's fine. Yeah. And to rely on the referee to dive in is a way that a fighter will quit and kind of save a bit of face. And in my opinion, on that day, that's what Dalloway was doing. He was like. I've had enough herb. Get me out of here. I, I need rescued, and there was no rescue for him there. No, nope. it was just like no, I'm going to let you get on with this. Uh, you're obviously tough, and yes, every guy who steps into the cage or steps into the into the ring is a tough guy. We know that, but they need to be protected from themselves. And I think that was one mistake in in, in a very very nice career for her. But I don't want to labour the point. It's been done to death. No. But I think that that's another way that guys will, they'll present their back and they'll take four or five shots looking like it's unanswered and the ref dives in and they yeah. get up and go, oh, oh, well. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. And that, that's that's what I saw as well. Um, the the next fight uh, could possibly be, it's, if not one of the greatest fights ever. I think the only you thing know, which, shocked. which robs it from being considered one of the greatest fights ever is that one, imagine how good five rounds that would have been. And mm. two, if uh, Pettis' hand had it kept together, yeah. how good the third round would have mm-hmm. been. So it was Tony Pettis, or to- Tony Pettis, uh, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, uh, second round uh, KO. Well, didn't come out for the third. Didn't yeah. come out for the third. Um, and we'll talk about that later on. Um, Tony Ferguson came, came out victorious. Uh, real back and forth fight. Uh, both had their moments. Um, Pettis showing that he he is still on the upward trend. He is back to being uh, the the competitor that we knew him as two three years ago, or showing that he still can be. Um, Ferguson looked really good. Uh, really enjoyed the fact that his knee got chopped instantly, and he just smiled. Yeah, as if this didn't actually happen. It's fine. <clears throat> and you, if anybody, if, I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you are an MMA fan, and you would have been a ghoul exactly the same as everybody else when you heard, "Have you seen this guy's leg?" And you would have went on and you would have Googled the pictures and yep. you would have seen oh, what oh. looked like some sort of zip off an old pair of Levi's up the side of his leg. Looked like something hanging in a butcher's window. It was horrendous. Five months ago. Yeah, five months. Oh, yeah. And then now to come back and, as you say, get his leg chopped straight away by Pettis, a guy who's known for kicking power, yep. and just to look at him as if the same. Is that it? Is that it? Is that what you got? Let's go. You think that my knee's just going to get out like that, do you? Yep. What a fight, though, honestly. It is, that has stolen that show. Obviously, Absolutely. barring the shit show at the end, but yep. that fight itself, for what MMA should be, it kind of reminds me a wee bit of the Ferguson and Venata. Do you remember yes, the Ferguson? Oh, yeah. I, I love Lando Venata as a fighter, and that kind of reminded me a wee bit of that, that back and forth, well, more forward than back in the case of Ferguson. Yep. But what an unbearable contest that was absolutely phenomenal it was and that, that image I think is one of those you know the way every so often there's a, a an image that comes out of a fight whether it be you know the Rory McDonald and uh, Robbie Lawler the, 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 the stare off mm. you know in between rounds the bit with Tony 
just after the victory where he's just covered in speckles mm. of blood like that image will stick with me for a long time there was a fucking bloody fight but Tony Ferguson I think is probably my least most favourite fighter and what mm. I mean by that is you give him almost any other personality and he's probably my favourite fighter in the UFC oh yeah I, yeah I only want to watch Tony Ferguson for the literal 15 or 25 minutes he's in the cage the rest of the time don't come at me with that stuff yeah no, no. And, and you know what you yeah, like see watching the embedded with his fucking Wing Chun dummy and like it's, it's, kicking uh, poles I have and, no idea how he hasn't broken his spine his uh, neck popped both knees out if you see his training footage on his Instagram or on his Twitter he's doing deadlift spinning the weights on the bar whilst balancing on a ball like. yeah I wonder how much of that's utter bollocks though I wonder if he's I know yes it's it's for Instagram and it's mm-hmm. for Twitter and I know yes listening to other podcasts and have someone like Eddie Bravo on who's saying no this guy actually isn't seeing his training is crazy yeah. and, and they talk about how physically fit he is about how his cardiovascular system is just insane he just how, keeps going yeah but I wonder is that again all the, sh- the weird shit that he's doing I wonder if that's just for the effect and I think it probably is because you're training the gut you're taking a high level of risk you- your sport is a risk naturally yeah. you- you're taking a risk when you get in there and fight no matter what but why would you go and take that risk Cowboy Cerrone's another one for yes. me like yeah. you're seeing somebody like Cowboy who's an adrenaline junkie in life if he didn't fight MMA I do not know what that man would do bull riding or something something it equally would, insane yeah you know, it would have diving. to be um, you, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with Tony but one thing that I just want to want to hit you with the thought is uh, Tony said he hasn't sparred in five or six years right he doesn't spar mm-hmm. um, to play devil's advocate I wonder if his method of training is arguably still safer than the then, regular one you know yeah. if he's not sparring mm-hmm. and is, it, is he looking at it like because look here's the thing it's crazy to us to look at a man kicking a wooden lamppost and mm-hmm. smashing it with his shins but maybe it does work. I don't know. Like I know that the I think lots of it is what works for you. Mm. And like Actually, I don't think you could take Tony's training regime and give it to me. the neck <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, or any or living human Poirier and yeah. t- expect the same results. And vice versa, you couldn't take a more traditional. Nah, Tony doesn't have that salon quality hair. That's true. No. He really doesn't. But uh, he's just found a mad strange way of doing things which is yielding amazing results yeah again I'm always I'm sceptical of these stories I'm sceptical of most things I see because a lot of them are contrived to make people believe that that's how these people are living their lives and I I would wonder behind closed doors I'm sure he has a dietitian I'm sure he has his S&C coach I'm sure he has scheduled training days I know fine rightly that yes he's out doing his road work he's he's either swimming cycling running doing something of LSD long slow duration training to build up that that strong that's that's (laughs) right okay so when I told you to do LSD you actually Oh, right. No, I get it. Yes, you've been completely doing it wrong, right? So We're doing it right. Well, yeah, yeah. I'd like to combine both and see what ends up. My cardiovascular system's not any better, but I'm feeling a newfound yes. sense of life. It's completely shit, and the cat that lives in my head has been fantastic in the last couple of weeks. But I wonder also with Ferguson, like, yes, he's got this crazy genetics and he looks brilliant and he heals quick. And the fact that he doesn't spar, I'm not against that. I no. don't. I'm not against. What I am against is gym wars. I can't stand no. that. I think it's yeah. stupid. And you know what? I've done it. I've done yeah, it. I've yeah, been yeah. in positions where you've been put down. You've been hurt. You've had sore heads for days. You've had sore ribs for days. You're coming back and hardly walk from a sparring, getting leg kicks, and you're like, 
Is that the right way to train? It's not the right way to train. I'm going to tell you, no, it's not. Well, it, do, you, do you think that it's not the right way to train long term? Or do you think it's not the right way to train at all? Because, again, like as somebody that, that wants to, to at some stage um, have, have at least one fight, um, but to be honest, I, I think I'll do one or two and then just go mm. to BJJ where it's less likely to get head trauma. Um, but I want to do it so that, you know, I'm very aware of the fact that people listen to this podcast. Um, Perhaps not for it very you know overly insightful an- analysis. Mm. I understand that it's it you know that it's partly personality and partly just listening to people talk mm. about MMA. But I kind of feel a little bit like at least if you've done one fight, you can kind of you at least have the credibility to say, well, like I understand the feelings of mm. getting yeah. into the cage, or I understand what it's like to have someone try and take your head off, you know. And uh, you know you can you can I think there is merit to that. But you know I would I would ask you know. Surely it would be beneficial for the likes of Mel and I to do that in the early stages. You know, like, I don't know. It's, it's a genuine I'm, question. I'm always really sceptical. I, th- I work on a principle of coaching at any point. It, it goes into three C's, right? So yeah. I've, I've talked to you about my three C's of coaching in the past, which is one, you need to be comfortable in your surroundings, mm-hmm. confident in your ability and what you're being told. And then that breeds competence. Yeah. Okay. So if you are thrown, if you want to the wolves in your first formative months of training mm-hmm. i.e. getting in a heavy sparring where you're getting caught heavy punches kicks to the body punches to the body mm-hmm. slammed on submissions horrible chokes that isn't comfortable okay so you're not going to have a lot of confidence in what somebody's trying to tell you halfway through this when this is happening to you yeah. you're not going to believe me if I say slip your head to the left or right I want you to fire the right hand I want you to just put your hand down work inside pummel mm-hmm. because you're getting hit you're getting hurt yeah, the, instinct so the instinct is kicking in your survival instinct's kicking in going I'm not doing this anymore this is really sore so the last thing you're going to become is competent this has to be a gradual scale and in mm-hmm. my opinion yes there's a place for certain amounts of hard sparring but if you hard spar all the time you start to see guys who are victims of hard spar all the time whether they shell yeah. up when they get yeah. hit because that it's just a, a simple survival instinct so do I don't do agree with that do all you think the time. that that kind of almost then has the opposite effect do you think that it's sometimes it's that you've hit, you, you, you've piqued my interest with that in the saying about you know people shelling up do you think that perhaps some hard sparring could actually cause people to to be more inclined to go into panic mode if you will and just literally go into that turtle mode for uh, but the thing is if you go into that in a, in a fight you know, generally, once you're in it, you don't come back you're not out, of coming it. out of it. But do you think that that is more likely then to lead to people finding themselves in that mode? For me, yes, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's because interesting, if you're because being, I can see how it would work. Like you see, that. you see how that we discussed this before. Actually, when we were saying it's sometimes, sometimes people become the nail. You know, yeah. And if you're the nail all the time, you know what the nail expects. The nail expects to get hit by the hammer, yeah. And the nail will car, and it, yeah. will, it will try and turn its head away. You bring your hands up to try and protect your head, and you get stuck in that shell position. And the strikes that you throw will not be sincere. The takedowns that you throw will not be sincere. They'll mm. not be confident because yeah, you won't you, you won't believe and you won't be committing to what you're gonna. You don't know. The only outcome you know is to get hit and hurt. So the last thing you're going to do is to open up and get hit and hurt more. Yeah. So sparring needs to be educational. I talk about the three for three drill that I do with yes, you guys before, yeah, yep, yep. and I call it I call it my muscle connection. So MMC, where you're trying to make a connection between your brain and your body of what we're going to do next. Yeah, well, about you actually sorry to interrupt, Andy. You actually uh, just on this exact note, uh, it turned out that Mel and I had maybe been doing that a little bit, a little bit too much. Bravado, <laughs> yes, Marge. Yes, I sent you a video of of, of, of what it kind of should look like. You you guys were hitting each other pretty hard. Yeah, it's basically. Yeah. taking it to those who don't know a three for three drill um, is basically uh, you know one person 
does uh, three offensive moves so you know a jab hook jab or jab hook straight or whatever it is and the other person is trying to defensively manoeuvre around those and you take it in turns so sorry go yeah on. pretty much the three for three drill the design is that it's actually a target identification drill and movement drill and it allows the person to throw the strikes with confidence to try and identify a target and to try and then also read what their opponent does defensively for the defender it allows you to defend with confidence either mm-hmm. with your feet with your head or with your hands and it allows you to gauge what a strike looks like when it's coming to you and identify body tell so it makes a connection between the body and what it actually is happening and it builds confidence and then you move on from that and I, I move on my progression is normally then in boxing terminology is to move into body sparring but there's no hitting to the head but you are allowed to put in a lot of effort into striking mm-hmm. to the body we put a tiny bit of body conditioning and also allows you to judge distance really well and then you move into open sparring without to hit the head and body yeah, but yeah. those are done very very sparingly compared to something like a 3 for 3 drill where you are you're constantly identifying a target yeah. moving around and being clever and that's how I do believe sparring should be done I don't think you should be just going in smashing each other because there's always going to be one person getting smashed and yeah. there's always going to be one mm-hmm. smasher and when yeah. that happens the opposite way around that guy's not going to get anything out of that you also have to wonder what that would do you know I mean I, I coach Kavanaugh again on the Joe Rogan podcast if you haven't heard it you should absolutely check it out um, one of the things he was saying was that when they bring people in for sparring mm-hmm. that's a fight yeah it is um, you know when when you bring someone in they'll say Look, it's not a spar just take it just know Connor's going to talk shit to you but don't take it personally and it's a fight so mm-hmm. bring your A game mm-hmm. um, interestingly I didn't know this three part series coming out on Netflix about the Mayweather McGregor fight all of the Malignaggi rounds are going to okay. be in okay I wonder will that be any more interesting well uh, the Kavanaugh said that uh, that that he thinks that we'll put it this way Dana Lorenzo and Kavanaugh they they all thought that Connor won against mm-hmm. Malignaggi now It'll be interesting to see because, and that's what Kavanaugh said himself. He said, "You're going to see. You got yeah. all the rounds are in the in, in that documentary, mm-hmm. so you're going to see it yourself." So I can't see why you would maybe not lie. I can see why he might be going. Oh no, Con- no we think Connor won with a bit of bias, mm-hmm. but it's quite clear. I would imagine that Connor didn't get schooled by Malik Nagy because oh, if no. he did, he wouldn't be saying. He, he wouldn't that. be coming out but and saying it. The interesting thing is, he actually said that nobody believed that McGregor really had a chance until Malik Nagy came in and well, apparently Lorenzo Dana and John Cavanaugh kind of went okay we have a fight now. yeah but you're also dealing, again Paulie Malignaggi is a guy whose best years were five or six years behind him before that yeah, even, and in, he, his years, and even in his best years even in his best years here and Mayweather he fought a lot of the top guys Paulie Malignaggi yeah. was a solid solid performer oh, and a, an immensely entertaining and very very talented fighter but he was a commentator at the time he went to Connor I'm not picking on Connor I'm not yeah, saying yeah. bad about what Connor did there but then to judge his performance against Floyd Mayweather, which was as good as a fix as I've ever seen in my entire life, to be frankly honest with you. It was just a media circus. It wasn't a proper fight. Anybody thinks it was, you're sadly deluded. In fact, and, and if you do believe that was a real fight, then what happens is that Connor and Floyd have got you. They, yeah, you you're yeah. the hook. You, you were on the hook for it. But to judge him facing Floyd Mayweather, who's genuinely the best boxer of our generation, based on his fight with the commentator, I, I don't think it's fair. Do I think Connor performed well? Yeah, I do. I think he was really, really good. Do I think he probably beat up Polly Malignaggi? Yeah, I do. Actually, I do. But I would like... Polly obviously got very, very grumpy about that. And yeah. his ego was damaged. And he really took it to heart. You know, he oh, didn't see the rest of the rounds. He's this, he's that. Why don't you fight me next? Yeah. And I think that was also a do wee bit of grabbing the millions. About? Malignaggi. So, again, you, you need to see this podcast, Andy. That's being talked about. Right. Uh, Floyd 2. Floyd 2 in boxing. Right. Floyd 2 in the cage with nothing allowed apart from boxing. I'm going to hear this. 
leg kicks only. Okay. But Connor's still so kicks Floyd. match basically. Essentially, but only leg kicks. Con- Connor Connor's still, yeah, one leg kick and that's it. That's, that's, that's Mayweather's movement fucked. And especially with that side on stance. You imagine you know, like he's just the low gonna, calf kicks in that respect. I guarantee the, you Floyd Mayweather never does anything. No, of course Connor not. Well, he might do, if I, I would say he might do two in boxing. He still, mm-hmm. Mayweather is never retired. The retirement Well, they're is saying garbage. that it's, uh, Pacquiao. doing a Pacquiao in yeah. May. And he's having a comeback fight apparently in Japan in December. I do you know what? Like uh, if he, if he if there's enough merit to to see him, I don't mind seeing Mayweather fight because you know he's still still got it. We're not like this. That's not the equivalent of watching. Well, see the thing Bob the same he still someone. got it is that like if you wanted to prove it to me, he still got it. He's fighting Canelo. Yeah, like, yeah. He's fighting Pacquiao fights. in 2019. Is it, it's is not those are two guys who are both past their best mm-hmm. so it's not you know like it's proving you can still hang with people of a similar era. age era I think Mayweather beats Triple G oh oh well I didn't think Triple G lost that Canelo fight no I, I, no. I, I give him like maybe four possibly five rounds well Mayweather, Mayweather beat Alvarez didn't they? yeah he did yeah, but he, he beat a 21 year old Alvarez yeah, he was, yeah. beat him on the way up I, he, yes and I'm going to tell you that was a very slick move for Mayweather given Alvarez the opportunity to fight at a high level the big show the razzmatazz all the money that he probably yep. gained from that but everything, if you, everything I, Alvarez does from now on and he will probably yeah. be cemented as a legend mm-hmm. that name is still still embedded deeply yeah. in his psyche for yeah. that day but and not only that, it wasn't just like he beat him, he schooled him. He, he did school him, him to school that day. He schooled him, and there was and the thing is too, like you know, Alvarez hits freaking hard. Oh. And it, there was rumors at one stage of McGregor and Alvarez, and I was just thinking to myself, oh, no, it was like, please no, please it's no, because anybody who believes that can happen. And you know what, there will be, and it'll be, it'll be the same people that we'll talk yeah. about later on going further here. Yeah. It'll be the same people again. Connor can do it. Connor can beat up King Kong. If Godzilla came, I'd want Connor to fight him. Absolutely. Grip of yourself, <laughs> Canelo Alvarez would. It would be as brutal a beating as you've ever seen. It yeah. wouldn't be the Mayweather dancing contest that they had, and everybody goes, "But Conor landed more punches than Floyd than anybody." I'm like, "Grow up!" Mayweather well, did that on purpose. He he literally yeah. downloaded his information for a couple yeah. of minutes, let him walk around, let him land a few shots, and then he took him out by that, the root. That was what I said about the fight. That that like I mean, Conor did, but I think that the. Um, the start of him landing more it was exactly as you said you know it's inflated um you know it was you know it was to showcase that that he he was able to download the data because that is what happened of course but it is Kavanaugh said something that I thought was interesting which would make me intrigued about a second one mm-hmm. but I know that the fight would go the same way but I, I think it would be more entertaining based off this he said that McGregor didn't realize just how little Mayweather was going to throw and it threw him off and then he's throwing twice as no, but that's true though but yeah. like he threw nothing for the first five rounds yeah, ultimately and I think there was a time when Conor landed an uppercut it was like round three or five and everybody yeah. wow and Mayweather just sort of went but he had nothing good. left either and that was the thing that, that uh, Kavanaugh said that McGregor if it were to happen again um the, the, the one thing that they would work on is reducing the work rate because yeah. he, he was at an MMA work rate in a boxing fight now I still think that it goes the exact same way. However, maybe we get 10 rounds of it or 12 rounds mm-hmm. of it where it's not com- more competitive because that's not the right word because I still think that Mayweather does exactly what he did there. But I think there'd be a couple more tense moments because that one uppercut, mm-hmm. that, that's the only thing you have to take away from that fight. Yeah. But if Connor still had the gas to throw a few more of those and if you see two or three of those land in the fight, 
overall instead of just one. Here, look, I'm not saying he wins. I'm just oh, saying no, that's I, a more entertaining version of the fight. And what you're doing is also, like, everybody will do. We will all want to see that again. I'm going to tell you now, as much as I make fun of the last fight, and I believe it to be as close to fix as we're ever going to see, don't get me wrong, they didn't contrive to end the fight how they ended it. The fight was always destined to end like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And anybody who knew anything about boxing knew that. Anybody who knew anything about MMA knew that. And Connor, being such a vastly superior publicist, the same as Mayweather was, they just strung the public along to believe that there's a chance. Mayweather is a, is a, a lot smaller as well than Connor. And what he did, he hyped that up. This bigger MMA fighter used a four inch glove. He made everyone believe that maybe Connor could do that. Whereas in his heart, he knew fine righty Connor can't take oh, him out. He's been hit by Canelo Alvarez. He's been hit by, by Marcus Maidana. He is not going to Maidana get hurt by Connor McGregor. Maidana was the one that, that I kept going back to. Like, if, if he could walk through <laughs> him, like. It, you know, nothing was happening. Even he fought Shane Mosley as well. Yeah, Shane Mosley was amazing. Well, Shane Mosley cracked him. Yeah, Shane Mosley yeah. really um, cracked him. I mean, Mosley cracks hard, like, mm-hmm. but um, we're getting very sidetracked. Welcome to the boxing podcast. My fault. It's not. No, no, it totally is not. It is not indeed. It's actually bloody. Conor McGregor's fault as always he just there's so many news stories that he gets himself <laughs> cemented in. He just end up yeah. in this weird rabbit um, hole of McGregorisms. The the, the main event, uh, of course, was Connor and Habib. We're going to take another minute to just pat ourselves in the back again because I don't think we could have predicted this fight any more accurately. You predicted fourth round submission. I said fourth round submission, possibly TKO, but I could see him giving Connor's back. We said it. I said it would look like the Michael Johnson fight, which I think it kind of did. Um, but that's not what we're here for what we're here is to talk about I'm here to pat myself on the back I went even further like well, like, like first few minutes Connor throwing out the teep kicks keeping the distance and then it got caught go watch the video yeah just yeah <laughs> go go watch our video and then watch the fight um, and uh, next time just put all your money on what we say it's what we although disclaimer about, we, we're not responsible we're for not responsible for you losing your house and being yeah. destitute <laughs> well the annoying thing is it was 18 to 1 for a fourth round submission and I'm kicking myself yeah I learned the lesson that you, you just go with you, the you call that precisely you mm-hmm. have to back it up you, you have to at least a five or something stupid yeah on there has it. to be some sort of yeah. consequence there yeah there really does um, at least we're now in that uh, accountable phase where our predictions are there in video form mm-hmm. that we can't just make up yeah oh yeah we said yeah, that, so that definitely yeah, called well, it on YouTube well, yeah. so go find it um, <laughs> the, the fight was uh, first of all let's start right at the beginning I felt sick to the pit of my, oh my stomach, goodness. like with mm. with nerves. That like is, that is the biggest fight feeling I've is, had really? in a lot. Oh, see when they were uh, coming out, I we were all sitting just oh, and mm. it felt like time was going forever. They were standing, both of them standing in the cage. Um, I remember the two of us just looking at each other, and being like, "This is actually it was really now. strange this is happening because." You knew what was going to happen. I knew what was going to happen. You knew what was going to yeah, happen. But you're still nervous. But you're still nervous. There's yeah, that. Dumb. You're getting honey dicked. Yeah. But, but what? As as it got closer and closer and closer, it always seems to happen. And it's the way that Connor promotes it. It's just a yeah, but but what if? Do you know what, what I, if? I said to Mel yesterday? Um, and it's, it's maybe a little bit graphic, but uh, oh I said to him. The only time I can remember in my life getting like nerves like that was the first time I ever had sex. Like that, where it's the complete unknown. Anything could like because you have nothing. To Anything could happen. Those yeah. three guys I met. Yeah, yeah. What I mean on. is, like, you kind of think you know what you're going to get and what what it's going to be like, and you you think yeah, you have this expectation yeah. in your head of how everything's going to go. 
but you don't actually know that yeah. for sure. Like, you don't know. And then there's that, that doubt of, oh, but it might not go the way that I thought it was going to mm-hmm. go, and it might go this way. And it's, 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 it's a weird thing because it's the only thing that is in common is this uncertainty and it's that on the unknown because you just have no way to quantify it it's the stakes like I love football you hate football Mm -hmm. yes I do but even like and I love Man United but every Man United you said you like football yeah even if it was look I'm sorry but I'm drawn I don't mind talking about a bit of boxing but I'm drawn like it's not turning into football but even if it was the biggest game Champions League final whatever you, I would never get as nervous because you know that the stakes are yeah you can you know it's you win this competition this year but then it starts over and it goes again mm. but with combat sports that's why I love it because it's like you said uh, with your analogy um, nothing's the same afterwards regardless of the outcome it's a crossroads it's getting to that crossroads and seeing how it plays out and no other sport has the same stakes or pressure we were actually talking about Conor McGregor's like what he must be thinking walking to the cage going I have really talked myself into a corner here mm-hmm. like there will be no pressure like it and then oh, same, no. and same for Habib the pressure to, yeah. and even more so 20 or at the time 26 and 0 like the pressure of not losing the pressure of not losing to this man who has said x y and z about everything, everything. I believe in um, ever ever yeah and I think like no sport well, and we can disagree about what was said in the antics and in the, in the build up but no sport comes close to like that sense of fi- finality or like the upcoming sense of finality and like just man it yeah. reminded me like why I love MMA so much when they were walking out because I couldn't even like keep still the, the, mm-hmm. the adrenaline was going and like these are two people like you get so invested in, like I don't know Connor. I obviously don't know Habib. You've never had any interaction with them, but you're about as invested in that moment as, as you'll ever, ever be. And yep. I was saying there was a nice moment. You're like, we were trying to estimate, you know, how many people around the world at the exact same moment are sitting watching mm. the exact same thing. And there's something yeah. kind of cool about that as well. Like we thought there's probably about six million people watching Easy. that. All Easy. doing the exact same thing, all invested one way or the mm. other, feeling. I would say it was a lot more than six million with the mm. guys and girls who probably had found some stream somewhere that they probably should. Oh, have. absolutely. Um, I would suggest yes. I, I I know what you mean about the anxiety and the nerves for it. I the reason I probably didn't get that was because I was so convinced of how yeah. the fight would pan out. I know we all were, and there is that. I know I keep going on about that X factor with with both these guys not just mm. Connor not just Habib there is an X factor with those two that there is something you, you're witnessing something special one thing I will say is that the, the only thing that I knew would be the same after the fight is on the on the 6th of October Conor McGregor was the biggest star in MMA on the 7th of October Conor McGregor still the biggest star in MMA and I don't care yeah. what happens after that, he's no, still he's true. still that one constant he's still if you have a guy like Anderson Silva let's be honest possibly one of the greatest fighters of all time saying oh it would be an honour to fight Conor McGregor I'm like go back in time look at your pride record go back in time start looking at some of your UFC fights and stop fishing for this fight it's yeah. actually embarrassing it, it is a bit and the thing that, that worries me about it too is that I, I could quite easily see a world where Anderson Silva ends McGregor's career you know that's it could the happen yeah, it I, could happen because here's the thing as well so we'll talk about the fight in a wee second but to, to those who don't know uh, of course submission victory for Habib 
Connor can rebound from these losses a little bit, and mm-hmm. he gets a lot of kudos from me because he's instantly wanting the rematch, and I like that. And I like the same thing with he did the same thing with Nate. And it was, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to take the rematch, but I'm not going to take it at lightweight. I want to take it under the same proviso. And, and I respect and admire that about Connor that, that, that he's prepared to, to take the dirty and difficult fights. Um, not always, but in this instance. Um, but with it's, uh, this, this loss is a bad one because I think that many of the public, uh, more casual fans, now see that there are facets to this game like uh, people know oh cage fighting there's grappling and there's Mm -hmm. striking people get that but I don't think that many casual fans actually grasp that you can win the fight with either of those you know I think that they think it's like oh it's mainly punches and kicks but like you can I mean if you're lucky you can Mm -hmm. but I don't think they understand that like there is actually an immense amount of not only skill but like there, there is a, uh, a method and, yeah. and a structure to the grappling and, and this showcases that you can completely negate striking striking instantaneously and, with and that removal of space yes. and that's I think the best way I can describe it is like a strangling sort of style that Khabib has that horrible constriction that he puts on people there was a couple of times in that and I was watching it with my partner who kind of knows a bit about MMA because she has to live with me mm-hmm. and I was saying like there's a gap there and for a normal person you would maybe think when I say normal person a normal practitioner a normal sport, uh, combat sports athlete mm-hmm. who you're looking at I might be able to think about trying to maybe slide knee in go back yep. to half guard get anything but whatever that man Khabib seems to or Habib seems to do he has that smothering pressure that it seems to be a physical impossible even and I'm going to there's a caveat to this Connor's a high level grappler if you watch his second fight with Nate Diaz Diaz was on top and he pulled off a crack and sweep yeah, to get back beautiful. to his feet so people think oh he's just better in the ground it's not the case he's just a better MMA fighter that's yeah. what happened there you saw MMA there on that day mm. you didn't see a wrestler fighting a boxer no, or a kickboxer fighting a judoka what you watched was two MMA practitioners and the better man far well, better man took the fight that's an interesting point because you know it, it like if you t- if you want to talk about MMA and it's purest form what is it it's a, a literal mix of martial arts and the thing is you know Habib has aka boxing now in his mm. back pocket um, he has a black belt or a dan in judo he is belted in sambo a world yeah. sambo athlete his, his folk style wrestling is phenomenal um, he has a much more complete set of martial arts in his back pocket than Connor has and that is what this fight to me showcased to the public and it cemented it for people like us that that there uh, you have to be not only competent it's not good enough anymore to be competent at some areas you know for years we saw people like Matt Hughes and Dan Henderson and, and other guys here strong guys good wrestlers yep. decent enough boxing and that was enough to win championships yeah, was, look at Don Fry look yeah, at Don Fry Don Fry could wrestle and yeah. he could punch and, and that was what carried him to fame everybody remembers those mad fight the fight we already were touch we near killed the guy it was horrendous um, but it, it just that level, as you pointed out, it was okay to be good. It's one and mm-hmm. two, maybe. But now you have all these yeah. facets, different levels, a mosaic of skills that this guy has to put together to create what we saw on Saturday night slash Sunday morning. It's funny because you see a real turn in the techniques in MMA and you see it, you know, like the, the early days was the, the BJJ schooled and cleaned mm-hmm. up. And then it was wrestling when you had you know not only Matt Hughes but even after that you had Chiel Chiel and yeah Mark Hare is a good example Randleman Randleman, yeah uh, Coleman you know and 
sprawling brawl, as you mm-hmm. say, chuck yeah, someone chuck. who just had yeah. a bit of decent wrestling. Yeah, yeah. original ground pound monster. Could you imagine Chuck Liddell in his prime coming into the AFC now? He probably wouldn't even make the prelims. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. Do, do you know what I mean? Like skill, would. overall skill, skill wise. wise, and that's that's a terrifying thing to say because mm. I'm by no means discrediting how good he was back oh, in no. the day. Oh no, Tito. I mean, Tito has fought us recently, as a couple of years ago in Bellator. I when he, he lost the chill, no, he didn't be, lose. Like beat chill, he took chill out. It's actually no, the no, same no, I finish. know, but he tapped. He tapped. I didn't see that. Bit. He tapped. He it tapped. Was, yeah. What do you think? Mm. He tapped and then said he didn't. Mm. There is enough of his video evidence. That it's debatable, yeah, and yeah. that's probably not a good sign. No, it, yeah, any debate in that respect shouldn't be good. But it's yeah. actually strangely the same finish that Habib finished McGregor with. Yeah, a crank. They're, it's a, they're calling it a crank. It but if you've ever been placed in that position before, where your neck is is, is so compressed, even with your own chin, mm-hmm. that you can't breathe. Yep. It yep. turns into more like a strangle slash smother. Yep. Yes, yeah. your neck is getting crushed. It's like a but you're breathing. crush airway and blood choke yeah. all at once. Yeah. Like your you're breathing just, is like so bad. It's like a compactor on your face and neck. Just you're not being able to breathe out. No. You're smothered. And people are like, yes, okay. Listen to me, but Mike Bisping podcast earlier on, he says Connor quit. And, 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 mm. but, he, but he did preface that and, ca- yeah. and uh, did add, add caveats onto that with, but that's what he did. He had the top out. There's no shame in it. And I'm going to put a lot of pressure on that. that I've been choked out before where I did tap and afterwards a person approached me and said why did you tap and I was like well what, what should I have done and they said well I would rather get choked out and lie there oh, than wait for, wait for and then, then tap and show that you give up and I said well my argument to that is I want to walk out rather than get carried out was yeah. my argument and that seemed to quiet that beast for a while now, if you look at what Bisping did with Simpier, he just said, "Screw it, I'm not tapping." But here's the caveat to that too: you're safe. You're in a safe environment. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no danger here, and it is just passing out. It's like just going to sleep for a couple of seconds. But I don't, I don't subscribe to that. You shouldn't tap crap. No, 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 no. nonsense. Connor was in a, a terrible position. He had, he was left with no option. He could not fight the choke off. He couldn't strip the thumb because the position of Khabib's mm-hmm. hands. And he was with a proper strangler on his back, crushing his face and neck where he can't breathe anymore. I, so I, I have no, I, I don't, I don't hold any grudge against Connor for tapping out. I'm not one of these people going to go. Well, he shouldn't have tapped at that. What a load of pish! It is a load of pish, and you've hit, you've hit the nail on the head. And the other thing too, guarantee ninety nine percent of people who are saying that have never, never ever been in a crime. Well, if he if he had continued with what he was doing. Two things are going to happen. Connor's going to pass out and he's going to get his jaw and teeth smashed. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to tell you now, if he didn't tap... He's, he's not fighting this year or no, next no, year. No, no, or next year because he's going to have to have reconstructive surgery in his face yep. of some description, get teeth replaced, plus he's going to have all the damage that comes with being it choked out and the psychological pressure of what he's going to have to put up with. I don't blame him for tapping. the ignorance with their... like. It's like people who, um, I'll not name names, but there's a story about a guy who went to a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym recently one that we know of uh, and he went from a traditional jiu-jitsu background and went for one class because he was like oh I'm taking part in a grappling competition this weekend so just mm-hmm. need to brush up and he got right. inevitably destroyed tied in yeah. knots and whatever there is this mystique with martial arts and here's why M- not most people but most people who've done a little bit of boxing or a little bit of Brazilian jiu-jitsu or a little bit of wrestling you beat 10 shades of shit out of a third damn black belt in yeah. taekwondo <clears throat> uh, on yeah. the street you um, know yeah totally and, and there's this mystique that that, that that doesn't actually like and, and it, it pisses me off because it's the people 
that are upholding this belief of, oh, you shouldn't have tapped. Yeah, I'll give you a free neck crank if you want to come to my door. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah see how, see how many, more, I bet you they tap quicker than Connor did. The, the other thing that, that we're missing out there, we're just focusing on that actual, the, the, the crucible of finish, that pinnacle mm, portion of that the previous three you're rounds. the previous three rounds. Like, in round two, I'm going to tell you now, round two, I do not know how Connor stayed conscious. And I'm not one of these guys who's going to bring a warm, soapy bucket of water to wash Connor's balls for him at every turn either. I do not know how he stayed conscious. When he, he got clipped? When he was on the ground oh, with Habib punching his face flat. And to hear a guy, I know we talked about it a wee bit this earlier, it actually made me laugh. Uh, Dominic Cruz saying, oh, I think this is a tactic. He's going to gas out. Uh, hold on a second. I just let possibly the second worst ground pound artist in the game stand up and smash my face in as a tactic I don't think so no. do you know what he was doing it with he your face yes. Connor he's never getting out of that position no. he's flat backed on the mat his hips weren't active Khabib is adding as I said that smaller and strangling pressure and raining down punches with both hands that's not a tactic that's no. a tactic it's, and I question anything about that there was a that. moment at the end of the third and we watched it live and I said Connor just said something, said something but didn't there. pick up on mm-hmm. it but the video has come out since that after Habib was just battering him mm-hmm. on the ground Connor stood up and turned around to him and went it's only business and to me yeah yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah. yeah. to me it's clear as you can see it online to me that's as close as a verbal submission as a verbal submission that's, that's a man that's being like alright mate you proved well, your point to which Habib turned around and obviously sensed that like he's gonna quit he's yeah. gonna quit and started shouting no come on let's go let's yeah. go like that out of all the things I've seen well, if was you, probably the did worst did you hear the Errol Helwani interview with Connor the week before or something like this you know shouting this is not over fuck yeah. you watch where you sleep and coming to get you coming to get all this all you lot are finished you better not gonna sleep safe in your beds no matter where you are uh, yeah and then to say something like remember it's only business that is a bit shitty that's a bitch, it's a bitch it's move. a bitch move um, but uh, to unbitch him for not calling the cops but yeah no no yeah. it is a bitch move however what I will say is if you're Connor what have you got to lose by saying that Nothing. Maybe you know. Yeah, you do, I think straight cred. That's it. Cred. That's it. We'll, talk, we'll talk about the promotional bravado with this because, like, if they if they do the immediate rematch, which I'm now thinking they will. Oh, they will. They will hundred percent. Well, Connor has already to. phoned and said yeah. he will not take another fight. That's all that's happened. Yeah. So Habib just has to bring that up. Do you remember that mm-hmm. time at the end of the third where you were begging for mercy? Yeah. Yep. You know, and that all changes. I mean, even before this, you know, you were saying yes, Connor does remain the biggest star in MMA. But the next press conference, he can't do the same stuff no. because it loses the bravado, and he doesn't have the two belts, and he can't no. call himself the champ, champ, and everything. Everything's bulk, different. Any of that makes me want to bulk. In oh, fact, right. you know what I would actually rather have? I would rather have a street tramp bulk into my open mouth than watch that ever again <laughs> in my entire life. A street I, tramp as opposed to one of those ones that dwells in the house. Yeah, yeah not one of those like, upper class tramp. No chance. Uh, not even, a, not like even a caravan. Not even cardboard. Like guys. Like, so that that whole promotional bravado we discussed that we we talk about this all the time, and it started to get weird whenever people started to discuss Connors and in inverted air quotes. Uh, performance at the press conference, like a performance of a press conference, no. like. In my opinion, at the press conference, Connor looked absolutely petrified. He looked like a man who was trying to talk himself into something. Yeah. He described Khabib as, or Habib as a glass jawed rat. Now, I mean, the last thing that guy has got a glass jaw, and I didn't. I only saw one person on the floor in that fight. Yep. So he also described Habib as a backwards fucking rat yeah. because he wouldn't mm-hmm. drink his whiskey. The guy is devoutly religious and doesn't yep. drink. He then called him a terrorist. He made fun of his dad. He went so deep yep. that I. <laughs> 
now to be honest with you it's the McGregor era if you ever remember the old attitude era in WWE yeah, or WWF we're in the McGregor era here of, of this where you're rewarded you sure you for poor behaviour you from yesterday I genuinely <laughs> seriously did you guys do that yeah. I, I, I actually haven't seen that um, I'm, another WWE reference so I can't blame Habib but he dived over the top of the cage and tried to curb no. stomp Dylan no. Dennis no, after I, all I, that he's oh, been shouting so. I wish he had well we said you can't applaud Connor for saying no. all these things and then be upset when the guy is like, no, no. just because the bell's rang, I'm not letting that yeah. go. And also, here's the other thing. Think Connor made fun of religion and national identity. We live in the island of Ireland, whether you're north or south or whatever your religious or political beliefs are. And we are people who have had horror visited on us for a number of years due to national identity and religious conflict. And to bring that to another man's door, I found it personally reprehensible. I couldn't, yeah. yep. I couldn't even... I can't bring myself to look at him without thinking that you didn't need to go down that line. Yeah, well, we Make said, fun of his fighting ability. Call him a fat. Call him yeah. fat. Say, look at the size of your head. You want tiramisu, fat man? Chuck that yeah, at him. Yeah. Do something, but do not go that deep and then expect him not to react the way he did. Russians and Irish have, have this vein of of violence running through them. Yeah. They are the most passionate people on planet Earth and yet you go and stoke a fire with an equally passionate race of humans and yeah, you don't you expect get. this to come so on. that's what made it even worse for me that it's only business. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you, you made, you it, made it not business. It's, you no, know. it's no longer he business. Got, he got the absolute beating he deserved for and I won't, you know, from an analytical point of view, we tried to stay impartial and pick on it but from a personal point of view, kind of glad. Yeah, well, like one of, one of the things that we highlighted in the... Um, in the video is about you know Connor. Connor likes to claim to be from this rough area, and I was saying to Mel, I said like we're not going to give away exactly where we are, but like the area he's from is no worse than where we're sitting right now. It's just a oh, low, you know, high density yeah. estate area, you know. Like yeah, sure, there are fights in the streets here mm-hmm. and there, and you know it's a bit of bother and rough and tumble. But I almost I've almost found it a bit reprehensible the idea that you can compare that to the Dagestan lifestyle. You know, it's like, how little perspective have you got that you think that your upbringing was tough? Yeah. You know, are you joking me? Oh, it was terrible. Your parents went out to work every day and didn't make much money. Yeah. That's a very different life. Whereas Khabib has to fight a bear for his food. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. So you're going, okay, uh, there's a marginal difference there. By margin, I mean a grand margin. And I think I have a real issue. T-shirts and invisible lats don't make you hard. I have a real, exactly. I have a real issue with this. McGregor era and in inverted commas because it shows Conor McGregor to me I was a big McGregor fan I'm no longer a McGregor fan I deleted him off every form of social media I could ever get because I just cannot put up with looking at it anymore um, the reason behind that being is because Conor had a great opportunity he had transcended MMA and to me what Conor could have been is what The Rock is now yeah right? a positive a positive yeah. wonderful individual with a, an innate I don't believe in God, but an innate universe disposed or predisposed talent Mm. of going in there and competing as a good martial artist. And he could have brought that message to people. He could have done good with it. Instead, he's lived this horrible, lavish lifestyle where he's been insulting to people. He has caused fights wherever he's gone. Everywhere he goes, he has to create a form of controversy to keep the McGregor machine rolling forward. And personally turned himself into the white Mayweather. Yeah, I, I, I described him as a bad version of 80s Ric Flair. That's like, yeah, that's okay, exactly and no, don't get me wrong. I love Ric Flair. Oh, Ric Flair's yeah. an amazing Woo! creature. So, but you think of that—he's transcended MMA and has become this. If you want, he talks of himself in the third party, like the Mac life and all that sort of weirdness. I, you, there's no reason why a man with this money and this power and this fame couldn't have used that. 
better and oh, he is the 100%. devil on all our shoulders don't get me wrong Connor's the devil on all our shoulders he's that man that we yeah. all wish we could tell his boss to fuck off we can tell him to get my fucking belt we could shout and scream at people and there's going to be no consequence only only the good things that are going to come out of it I'm going to get more money I'm going to get more fame I'm going to get more Instagram likes I'm mm. going to, people are going to st- send me more free shit but you know what in reality life doesn't work like that so you could have shown that yes you've climbed out of something and become something great and, and there is a positivity I had a, of course. A, a conversation with a guy in the boxing club last night who normally wouldn't again be an MMA fan so it shows you how it's transcended and yep. um, what Brian said to me was do you not think he's been positive though for the island of Ireland and for Northern Ireland in general and, no, Ireland? and I he said was. he was. was that was what I said he was and I said when he became that caricature he lost he lost a lot of respect I always think Chael put it best he's like he's forgotten it was a character yeah, but yeah, Chiel, if you listen to Chiel's podcast, Chiel lords Connor over everything. This mm. is one of the guys I was talking about. He talks about this mythical left, the unicorn of MMA, as I describe it. But he is now going on about Connor's wonderful performance. I thought his performance was great. I thought his per- and I think Chiel, you know, he's a poor version of you, ultimately. Yeah. You know, Chiel's mm. performances, everybody went, oh, especially the Tito Ortiz one. He made fun of Tito's former adult film actor's wife what partner the, the only person I know who made money from their mouth was your ex-wife brilliant it's the best it's it's without a doubt the best press conference yes. line ever and compared compare that which was humorous and insulting and really hit home and got the backup of everybody media talked about it to somebody make, calling you a terrorist and calling well, you a glass jar right, the thing which annoyed me was that you had all like the nut huggers going who does his research oh he'll get you you know he'll get in your head he'll go into the deepest dark corners of your life and he'll you know get you a motive i said to you at the time because we watched i I cannot remember the youtube channel name which is bad because we should really give reference to it but he does psychological breakdowns of things like the press conferences um, mm -hmm. leave that with me i'll find out for you um but he essentially broke it down and i said to you i thought the exact opposite he was highlighting how unusually his his work is fairly reputable but uh he was saying how habib looked scared and frozen up in front of no. McGregor and I said to you that's not that's not a man who's scared that's a man who's taken score oh there's another mm-hmm. thing you've said I'll remember that I'll remember that you know and even at the press conference when Habib tried to say something Connor just shouted over the top of him but I said it I'm sick of the, the press conferences in general because yeah. Habib's first language is not English no so to be brought in front and paraded out in front of the media and fans who are hostile and some of the media was pathetic in the first one because they were like openly hostile towards Habib and you're supposed to be impartial mm-hmm. um, trotted out in front of that against the guy who yeah, is quick witted sharp tongue very uh, quick witted yeah and his first language is English it's not a fair fight no at all no no it's not fair so why why should he sit there and be berated and called everything under the sun no. and not be able to give a response alpaca thesaurus is the the channel yeah I, well, I recommend you check him out because he yeah, does the does a lot of great body language and psychology breakdowns um, but uh, as, as you said we didn't agree with everyone uh, every point he'd made but uh, I mean yeah McGregor's just a clown at this stage really well he needs to be careful like if he comes back and Habib does the same to him again when where does he, he go does the same well, that's the thing. Go? I said I my prediction was that the safe route is what, win 65? or no, no, not even that. Win or lose is Nate Diaz next mm. because Nate Diaz doesn't have the smothering ground game to take you down and do what Habib does to no. him. Diaz he does though. He do, but that's what I mean. But he doesn't have the one punch knockout power to put him away either. No. I think it's. I think a prepared Connor for Nate 
looks just like the second fight again mm. and it's close enough and even still no, I, think, I, think, I, think, I think I think that's being unfair to McGregor I think that McGregor does a lot better this time based purely off the complete focus on like his boxing it's, will it's be that, far better yeah, now. in fairness like people talk about Nate being a great boxer Nate's uh, a decent level yeah. boxer for MMA Connor does look like now his footwork's different his handwork was, is, is outstanding don't yeah. get me wrong I've been ragging on him here but I'm ragging on his personality mm-hmm. not his fighting ability yeah. because he is a, above all else a super athlete mm-hmm. and what, that's what upsets me more than anything else because yeah, I bought into that and it, it's given me that sort of rancor against somebody that I, that could have done yeah. so well and could could have been humble in defeat and gracious in victory and if you can do that you're going to win an awful lot more fans because you, you know what's going to happen too. yeah mm-hmm. totally but not only that you're, you, these people who are the the casual Connor fans, right? They're going to get sick of listening to this shit all day because you know what? When you're going to your humdrum, boring job every day and you're seeing this dick driving around his rented sure. friggin' Lamborghini covering his face coming out of court, you're like, you know what? Fuck him. I'm the, not doing that the anymore. Problem yeah, is as well. By the time he fights again, Connor would have won a fight in three years. Yeah. And whatever, well, discipline. And whatever discipline he that chooses, was one that's of the, the other thing. That, uh, the Coach Kavanaugh highlighted on the Joe Rogan podcast, which is a fair point, which was he felt that the fight, like he said, the two years off impact Connor and he went absolutely he said and Connor had said mm-hmm. as much as timing wasn't quite where he needed to be and one thing that did interest me was we kind of worried about Khabib freezing up Connor kind of froze up he did you know mm-hmm. offensively and, and I think there's actually a massive similarity between the Mayweather and uh, Habib fight in that you can't you know he went straight out of MMA and dipped his toe in boxing for six months you aren't going to close that gap in six months no no so then you were you were essentially out of MMA for two years I know Calvin and all says he was in the gym but you aren't going to close that gap on Habib in competition in gap competition. it's, it's no. a competition gap too I actually had the conversation with uh, Phil Campbell about this on Instagram and anybody doesn't know who Phil is following PC underscore commentary he is a brave commentator he at is, the minute yep, and very very good commentator um, I had this conversation with him on the Saturday night regarding this and I discussed the fact that I believe the gap is too wide now in yep. competition Connor has been away boxing and did fantastically well I, I give him my views earlier on in the fight but either way he did perform very well and the gap in the game of MMA has grown yeah. so wide in that time. The skill yeah. level, we talked about, you said maybe go to 165. There's a guy called Kevin Lee. We had the 165 who's the most frightening individual on that roster. Could and Kevin Lee could be, could be Yeah, Khabib? he could. Yeah, he could. Genuinely Ooh. could. And I don't, no, of course he could. Like, you look at Kevin Lee's performance against Edson Barbosa, was one of the most bone chilling beatdowns you've ever yeah, seen. And he it was did that. Worse than it was worse than what Khabib did to him. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And his wrestling was so sharp. His striking That's is definitely better than Khabib's. Hanging out in Thailand a whole lot. Yeah. Doing kickboxing and Muay Thai, obviously. I think he is a tremendous talent. He's a great athlete. I yeah. First want, and foremost. I said to you as well, speaking of 165, I don't want to see Connor at 165 because. Why? I just don't think he's that big of a human being. No, I think he's, he's going to run into the problems of somebody gigantic like Tyron Woodley. He'll go, oh, Conor McGregor, mm. all, i got to cut five more pounds. Yes, mm. please. Or worse, uh, you might end up with someone like a GSP. Exactly. Like, but that would be a super fight. Again, we're talking about Conor in, in the realms of super fights here too, again, because he still is the biggest all, yeah. I think that's all he's got left. It is, but mm-hmm. here's the question. Because that's why I said Nate, because if Dustin beats Nate... Which he will. No way. Which he will. Is, yeah, I uh, think he will. But no way is Connor going to fight Dustin Poirier. There is no upside for him. Joe Bloggs doesn't know who he is, as much as that pains me, because Dustin Poirier is a, great a fighter, tremendous great fighter. But the man on the street doesn't know who that is. No, but you're forgetting the fact that that would give the UFC what they want. 
Connor a title shot. And, yeah. Like if it, I think that whoever wins this is up against Connor for the one sixty five title. And I think that that would be after he loses the Habib again. I think I see. I would have. I was about to say I would have hoped that the UFC mm. would do the right thing, oh but dear. forget that. Yeah, forget um, that. Whatever. Be, be, more money. But even it would be a hard sell, even to the most casual of fans, to have say Connor fought Habib next Easter or summer. Yep, it's going to happen the same way. So then he's not going to fight again for, for another year, for another eight year. months. So maybe gonna, this guy hasn't won a fight in four years, and not only has he not won a fight in four years, he's been smashed. Yeah, it makes it a tough sell to go. Oh, we're starting a new division. And he's the guy. But yeah. it, it doesn't make it a tough Not sell. Not for the UFC. It doesn't yeah. sell it. And as yeah. I said, Connor's still the biggest draw. He's still exactly. the biggest draw in the game. I'll give you another. What I, I think I might have actually said this again in a face past comment to somebody. Um, uh, to play devil's advocate, I'm not necessarily a mad conspiracy theorist, but what do you see Khabib? My view was that Khabib will be suspended, and rightly so for his actions. Rightly so. Mm-hmm. Yep. He will be suspended and fined. In the interim, Tony Ferguson faces Conor McGregor. The winner gets Habib. The winner again. gets Habib, and it's a ready-made story yeah. now. And yeah. you could sell that. I, I tell you what, I'd buy straight into that Conor McGregor, Tony, Tony Ferguson. Conor. be a very difficult fight. I did say that I think Conor beats everybody in a 155-pound division, not named Habib. Um, I he would, could do. I, I, mean, think I, he be, I, I think on, on the fate, if Conor... Yeah. I, think Tony he beats, gets I think he beats Tony everybody. Tony gets hit. That's a problem. Tony gets hit and I think if he did hit and Kevin Lee Kevin Lee is the most terrifying human being in that division if he's 25 or you see the shape of that apparently doesn't lift weights weights he's 8% body fat that's what he says he normally walks around about 8 George Lockhart was actually so I haven't seen this I'm going to have to watch this it's George Lockhart and John Kavanagh Mm. John Kavanagh doesn't speak for the first hour which actually annoyed me because he might as well have not been there. Mm-hmm. Joe just went all like talking about weight cutting and bro science mm-hmm. to, to George Locker, right. which is grand. But to me, if you're going to have two people on, either what he should have done was have George on, then have John on John for on. podcast. I'd rather have seen two RR and 20 podcasts from him than that. But anyway, he was talking about it. And he, uh, George Lockhart was saying that it's actually not what you think. Having lower body fat percentage is better for cutting. And the reason for that is because your muscles are actually made predominantly from water. So the higher your muscle mass, the easier it is to cut water. To shred the water. To shred, to shed mm-hmm. the water. So, like, uh, although that's not generally the consensus that we hear, so yeah. I don't know because yeah, we cut into a lot of bro science. So we don't. We cut has a lot of bro science. I think, and I don't think there's any sort of definitive answer. Yeah, again, we talked about this before about diet and about metabolism stuff, and that genetics. all is personal and it is yeah. genetics. Yeah. I just think that in that respect. There has to be some sort of more scientific input in that respect. I'm sorry, but I'm yeah. sure John wasn't on for the first hour. John's a really interesting character. Yeah, he very, was, very interesting. He character. spoke very well, and he, he did a very good job of not coming across too. Because oh, he could have went on and Of course, he could have. I don't tennis. think Connor. No, John is yeah. a fanta- like John's a lovely guy. He I think said he wanted uh, a very lenient. Yeah. He mm-hmm. said, "I hope that they don't go too hard at a baby." He's like, "Cause first and foremost, I love seeing him fight." And he's yeah. like, "On second of all, on a selfish no Connor wants him again." You know, yeah. And I think that Fair Fox to someone yeah. that's going to come mm-hmm. out after that, and being and, and this was someone that was right in the heat of that. You know, yeah. he was smack bang in the centre. He of was that. literally. There's actually a, a great footage. Like a, somebody is obviously just panned the camera around, yep. and you can see John trying to get out of the way of it, which is fair enough. I've, you know what? I didn't try to do exactly the same thing in his shoes. John's a tremendous coach, and he <laughs> is a very interesting dude. I must actually listen to that sounds class. That podcast. It was. It was very good, but then it's Joe Rogan. It usually is, yeah. unless yeah. he has one of his weird science ones on. And I mean, like, it's just. Because it gives me horrendous anxiety when he's talking like to someone about like, 
okay, so that's what fuels cancer? Wow. Mm. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I can't listen to this anymore. Don't tell me anymore. Don't tell me anymore. Um, yeah, the fight really, there, there isn't much more to say about that fight. We've kind of, I think, covered the, the bare bones of it. But the one thing I think, just my final thoughts on it, and if you guys care to, to give yours after, no problem at all. And my final thoughts are, the one takeaway I had was, the one thing I didn't predict, Habib dropping Connor on the mm. feet. That was the, like, Connor was outclassed everywhere, and that was not what I was expecting. Yeah. Uh, there's an argument that Connor won the third round, and no. it is th- again. I mean, there is an argument there. I don't think he did win it, but again, I'm going to go back to what I had this discussion with Phil on, on the night of the fights, um, and I did say watch for Connor getting dropped. The reason I said watch for Connor getting dropped is Khabib is very, very clever on his feet, and it's a threat. We discussed this game mm-hmm. before on air. the threat of the takedown leads him to have very, very good good open striking because yeah. he's not afraid of being taken down himself yeah, yeah. so he's instilled a fear of the takedown in the other guy the hands come down lower to the point of card as I said earlier on the distance contact movement yep. good defence for takedown so he knows he can open up plus he is constantly moving uh, if you watch I don't know if you're watching UFC Unbedded one of my opinion possibly one of the best commentators in UFC has is Dan Hardy yep. Dan Hardy did a fantastic breakdown of this yeah. he called it eagle punch did you see that yeah I saw Where he talked about the, the, the lowering of the body and then he, instead of Drop actually drum he raises the hand up almost stiff arms and with uh, an upper portion of the hand so his palms down his knuckles are exposed exposed and to the jaw or chin now he didn't actually use that on Connor but he did throw the right hand over the top because I would imagine that Connor's guys would have watched the embedded and went watch for this shot if they didn't they would have been remiss and I know John's a good coach and he definitely yeah. would have done it but I use this same tactic myself and I call it a fake down where you lead the person you, you have to sell this it's like being the best actor in the world and if you don't sell that your technique doesn't yeah, work yeah, yeah. so that he mm-hmm. sold him that all day and then he unleashed it so I wasn't surprised that he was, that he was caught with it Fair enough. and I don't think he was injured by the shot I think his feet were coming together because yeah. he was expecting the shot caught by surprise and he was going to throw the hips back and then when he caught that he just sat him down but Connor was up like a cat throwing a, a knee straight away and pushing Khabib back yeah, so and, and the knee to be fair had been a little cleaner than that could have uh, yeah. could have been close to curtains yeah um but uh, you know, the knees are just horrendous things, isn't it? It's just devastating. Yeah, I know. It's nothing, nothing worse than just seeing a big dirty knee. But um, that will wrap up that fight. It can only be one thing. It is time for our weekly dose of Saints and Sinners to those here in you. Um, and Andy, I know that you listen, but just to clarify, how this works is each of us is going to take turns to put forward people that we think the MMA gods will be pleased with. Um, and we have been appointed by the MMA gods, and now you as well, Andy, we can appoint you using the power vested in us by the MMA gods. Uh, we can cast people t- to sainthood or to purgatory or straight to hell in some exemplary situations. So, uh, the first thing this week, I think, really has to be uh, Rockhold and DC. They need to get uh, sainthoods from from my standing because uh, they basically upheld the MMA gods' commandments, stepped into the cage when things got a little heated with Habib and DC. Give some young man you best want to think about how you're representing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think that they are completely deserving of sainthood, um, despite the fact that Luke Rockhold still doesn't know what to do with his hands. <laughs> do you notice this? Yeah, he's strange. He's just really awkward with yeah. his hands, and uh, we can forget. 
forgetting for that. We'll forget for for in this case, only in this case. So only, only in this case. Grinds my gears for, for me. Yeah. Voice of calm in a otherwise chaotic world. I think the reason that I deep down don't like Luke Rockhold is just because he has everything that I don't. Yes, it's It's not um, fair, actually. He's also very talented at pottery. Have you seen? Bongtastic. Have you seen? Is this pottery? a joke? No. He. Uh, and one of the I can't was it UFC embedded video or uh, like sure, a yeah. promotional video he in his art class because I think that was what his degree was in maybe I was well, but anyway he made a, a little like ornament thing mm-hmm. it was like very beautiful it was stunning very functional. very functional as well because it was actually a ball right um, so <laughs> it's, it's become practical. a bit of a, a meme uh, that he's quite the handy potter uh, but he was also <laughs> with Demi Lovato it was who apparently is a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. She's also thick with three C's. Yeah, uh, yeah, she is thick with three C's. That is entirely true. Although um, our hearts go out to her, I think she's currently in rehab for heroin or something. So, oh really? Get better soon. Definitely. Looks like Blue Rockle got out at the right time. Then, to yeah. be fair, um, what did he cause it? Let's start it all with the bong. No. It all it all began with the bong. And then before she knew it, yeah. it was too late. Mainline and heroin. No, that actually joking aside. Uh, good good yeah. luck and your recovery. Yeah. Um, I think that yeah, they definitely deserve sainthood's thoughts. Seconded. Yeah, hundred percent. They do deserve a sainthood for that. There's no other way around it. That could have gotten an awful lot worse. That wouldn't it be hilarious to think that like the only thing that stopped all chaos from breaking loose was just DC. How much of a badass <laughs> is DC that he could tell? Habib, possibly the pound for pound best fighter in the world, to calm down and think about how you're portraying yourself, mm-hmm. young man. And he listened. The, the waggy finger in <laughs> yeah. the face, yeah. pointy waggy he finger. Yeah. Do you know the most terrifying DC moment ever is still in the Ultimate Fighter. So uh, Stipe put like pictures of himself and his mate naked up on the walls, like the of the opposing team. <laughs> yes, and DC's response to this, have you seen this? Andy? No. So DC's response to this was to walk directly into their dressing room. Mm-hmm whip his cock out just and just go this is a real man's son and just walk off just got the hammer what that's, that, that happened in the other and to do that in front of at the time oh. the UFC heavyweight champion you've got to be packing that I mean that like that must be some that must that must be that's why he's hug. got that confidence for that don't you talk back to me like that son because if you're packing like that yeah, fuck me like literally a heavyweight now if he'd done that in the middle of the ring and that would have just been wonderful you, you, you can, can imagine down, like you can't this and you can just hear this What's <laughs> <laughs> that old joke? Hello, welcome to Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, Mel, what have the MMA gods been? I would like to think of this week for condemnation for crimes against peaceful combative athleticism. All those involved in the post-fight scuffle. Uh, I don't think there's anybody who I can really single out. I suppose Habib started it, but... Nah, Dylan Danis is responsible. I was about to say, we'll give him a pass because who doesn't want to miss L dropkick Dylan Danis? Uh, 100%. I initially thought that Connor and his team would be spared of judgment in this, but upon reflection, it appears Connor threw the first punch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he sort of started that shitstorm. So I bring forth all of them for condemnation. Well, I I agree with your condemnation. However, I think that Connor himself could be a, potentially a candidate for purgatory purely just because uh, he didn't film the cops and he didn't want them involved. And I know that he did through the first punch, but oh it doesn't. He's guilty. Yeah, he is guilty. But so were the other guys. The other guys would have been in way more trouble. There's no he, degrees of he, guilt here. 
Uh, oh, no, right. Okay, now, now this is going to turn into a completely different conversation. This is too theological now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to put forward that I agree that all involved, aside from Connor and Habib, should be passed into into hell. Connor and Habib can stay in purgatory until they oh. have considered their actions. Yes. Mainly in the way that they're currently being considered by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Yeah. I oh that's a really difficult one. Um I do believe they're all need to be condemned in some way, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh but I do like the elevation of Connor slightly to purgatory for not touting not taking the job. Do you like Habib in though for giving him a pass for Dylan? Uh, well uh, yes. I would give him a pass for Dylan, definitely. But in the, fact, the, I'm almost tempted to call him a saint <laughs> for trying yeah, to drop I, I think that honest. also you're gonna have to uh, you know, Connor gets extra credit there for not going down the Colby route or down the John Jones route yeah. Yeah. you know squealing on everybody yeah. and then and I would say yet purgatory for those two but anybody else involved that, that clown who climbed into the ring and sucker punched Connor definite sinner oh, forever yeah you know, well, they can say we'll Sean put, O'Malley when he's there we'll put them all in hell apart from Habib and Connor but Connor's just on that rung below heaven Oh, okay. So he's he's he's, oh, he's got to be careful. Got to be careful. It's a slippery road. It's, it's slippery like snakes road. and ladders. It is. Um, I think that uh, I'm going to. Put, do you know what? I'm doing it. I'm going to put Derek Lewis forward <coughs> for a sainthood, um, purely because he has given joy to the MMA community on many an occasion. This is the biggest stage he's ever fought on, without a doubt. And he doubled, as we said earlier on in the podcast, he doubled his Instagram followers. I fail to see the negative of this, and I fail to see how that does not prove the amount of joy within MMA that Derek Lewis is able to bring. So I think he deserves an, uh, he deserves some time as a saint. Absolutely. And I think he's sh- a, a good representative of the sport, because after all, sometimes your balls just get hot. It's one of the best interviews I have ever seen. Without doubt. It's in the top five, of, like like that, instant. And that, I don't think that guy has ever done anything so bad that has brought any way harm or dysfunction to MMA. I've never seen a man. He's always performed well. He's always been on a good fight. And he's always entertaining. And that, his, his Instagram, as I said earlier on, is superb. All social media is funny. Why would you not put him in saying? He should be a saying for life, actually. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, well, that because yeah. the only thing more powerful in his right hand is the sense of joy he brings the masses. That's true. Here's a question. Actually, you've just raised a really valid point there. Does he get officially anointed as so. one of the I, MMA gods themselves Ooh. Is, or is it too early yet do we save this for retirement can you only be elected I think as he should MMA be retired are you retired I think yes once you retire mm-hmm. you can pass look at this we're still ever ever evolving, evolving this religion you see it. this is how it okay, works this is how it works it's starting works. something big yeah. here guys yeah. <laughs> so yeah well we're all in agreement with that one so that was mm-hmm. a slightly less entertaining one than I expected but fair oh, enough Derek Lewis you know he's got the, the halo and wings reserved yeah Yeah. So we're, we're ordering them in in his yeah, size get ready. don't have them in XXL but you never know it might turn out that like oh no do you know what don't forget that like he beat down Travis Brown and then called him out for it and then was like where's Ronda Rousey fine I'll sat up like that yes yes because he's, he's actually like a vigilante, a vigilante. Mm-hmm. he's all oh, yeah he's so gonna be sad. that was a brilliant beating actually for it Travis Brown was a great beat it was especially because it was looking a bit dicey mm-hmm. and then he just mm-hmm. well it's not it's not Derek Lewis par we talked about it earlier just people can't take it yeah. I could however when we were talking about Stipe and him potentially fighting I think he could take like I didn't want to ever admit it, and then I did on the podcast. Mm-hmm. It felt good. It was like, 
Stipe might be a bit chinny. I think DC or not DC. Overing, Overing got him. Uh, Struve got him. DC beat him. Um, now, granted, they're all heavy crackers. Yeah, but, they're but, all. But, but like we've seen him stumble a few times. I think if Lewis it's is the it's all over. It's just not even close. Yeah, and he's so much more clean than Ngannou um, mm-hmm. that, that technique-wise, you joking me? Than Ngannou? Ngannou's technique, I didn't think was fantastic. Ngannou just has lumbered forward, crazy loop. Yeah. Bar. It's like oh. Wilder. That's crazy. As much as I love Derek mm-hmm. Lewis, I think this is as high on the. I hope it the, isn't. On the I would love to see him oh, the belt round his waist. I absolutely pray <laughs> that he does yeah. become champion and then president of the UFC yeah. and then president of America. If he, if, he, if he wins the UFC, does he get his place in as an MMA god? I think yeah, so. I think he has to. Absolutely. I think he has absolutely. to. I think that's like. That's and like, Travis Brown has to drive Ronda Rousey to his house and just drop her off nice and quiet they've <laughs> 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 well, broken up now haven't they have they I thought they got married I thought I they were married they're I married? thought that he not beat her no his oh, no. ex that's why he, if you listen to Derek Lewis as he said he just deserved that because of the story apparently yeah, that he, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. Him apparently right. or allegedly hit his ex-partner at this point in his career right. I'd probably fancy well, Rousey he, to beat well this Travis. is what I was going to say is here's the reason perhaps why he doesn't beat Ronda because Ronda famously said she could beat Cain Velasquez and Cain Velasquez would definitely beat Travis Brown vis a Ronda beats Travis, beats Travis. Brown. MMA maths right there Bam. Yep. so cool who is your next in line, Mel, my man. I would like to bring forth the UFC promotional team. Oh my goodness. For <laughs> Sainthood. This seems unlikely. Go ahead. It is. It's a bit of a stretch, but I just <laughs> very much enjoyed the intro for Habib Connor. The John Malkovich narrated I intro. thought, yeah. You know, I like Ron Perlman's bassy tones. It's nice just to get a break from that every so often it's nice get, to get an A-lister in get a, yeah a proper thespian thoughts on I actually thought that was a stroke of genius I did think it was a stroke of genius uh, to, I suppose Malkovich does have mainstream appeal although he's been in virtually everything yeah and it's an easily recognisable voice I thought it was actually really well done with the UFC we did talk about his pitch tone never changed throughout yeah. that it was just a constant yell but it was very very good yeah. entertaining I thought it worked out really well I would actually second that for once UFC be getting put in that's pretty damn high it's not usual especially no. on this podcast we're normally very critical but yeah. the MMA gods like they're funny sometimes they're, they're a fickle, fickle creatures yeah, fickle sometimes bunch. like I'm about to demonstrate one hand gives the other taketh away. What kind of open closed hand theology is going to happen? I there? would like that sainthood revoked already. Already based on use of the horrible bus dolly Ooh, incident. Okay, in the so, same promotional material. So, right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they were allowed to bask in the light, the warm, loving glow of the MMA gods, for, just for a second, just to give them a taste of if you do good works, this is what you can get. Yeah. But you've been pretty bad so basically what you're saying is the UFC needs to be more like Derek Lewis and less like Colby Covington yeah I, I can I get on board I with this I think everybody should be more like Derek Lewis and less <laughs> like Colby Covington I think we should all be a bit yeah, more like Derek that's, Lewis that's good life yeah advice. I would like to see more of a Lewis era rather than a McGregor era can you imagine a Lewis era <sighs> yeah could you imagine if he was just calling people out left right and centre I still maintain he should be the president could you imagine Dana scrums and press conferences hosted by Derek Lewis be a uh, beauty Actually, screw John Malkovich. Derek Lewis should be narrating the intro. He has yeah. got a fantastic voice, actually. Does, if somebody started... He's got a bit gravel. more... Yeah. Could be a tiny bit of voice coaching, some acting. Yeah. Be fun I, love, I love the fact that he was like, Joe Rogan, I'm going to come onto your podcast and smoke some weed with y'all. 
And I was like, right, you, I get that. Are you going to tell Derek no? I get no, no. no but I get that. I get that. Like, I get that. Joe Rogan has his platform, mm-hmm. and this is—it's just funny because the UFC won't have been happy about that. Oh no! Do you know uh, what I mean? And that's no, the no. funny thing is, Joe couldn't do anything about that. No. But no. at the same time, Joe's a grown man in a state where cannabis is legal. So they can do nothing like. wrong has yeah, happened. It's not breaking the law. But it was funny that Derek Lewis was like, I don't care. I'm going to yeah. come smoke some weed with you all. I bet you any money someone had tried to have a word with you, Rogan, about that. One of the higher-ups and Joe's just mm. gone, nah. it's the Yeah. Mm. I mean, UFC, imagine the UFC missing Rogan. It could happen. It well, becomes a bit too sterile I, for I, me. I, it would be very, very sterile. Now, Jimmy Smith's really, really good. I, I like always him. liked Jimmy Smith, but without Rogan, they're mm. kind of screwed. And yeah. without Rogan... Rogan's hair was kind of screwed. Screwed. It's true. True. So can we settle UFC promotional team sinners well, or saints? Hang on a minute uh, here. When you say sinners, are we talking? Are they going to purgatory with McGregor and Habib and Sean O'Malley, or are they going straight to hell? I think they're going straight to hell. I think the use of a felony act—that's fair for promotional material. It's is definitely I, against the defi- MMA commanders. Yeah, but I thought it was actually pretty damn low. And to be honest, it's kind of stoked the fire for what happened. So they have to hold a lot of blame for that. You're yeah. correct, actually, mm-hmm. Andy. I believe that they we do could even just lump them in. But the fires of hell that they've stoked for that. Yeah, nonetheless, lump yeah. them in for that. Uh, for all those already condemned to hell mm-hmm. for the scuffle, they're as culpable. Here's one. Do you go one further? Do we look at? Are we like? I mean, if if that were to continue, we're 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 verging on having to actually come up with a punishment. I mean, I don't think we go full biblical. Like we don't go like a plague of some description. Like, you know, a swarm of locusts. <laughs> yeah. But like, we're not far away from. I think we'll we'll give them a pass because of the John Malkovich stuff. There's mm, just right. enough goodness there to to escape the the darkest dirtiest corner of hell excellent but they're close they're okay. walking a, walking yeah. a tightrope that's fair Andy have you anyone I, in mind I do I have a saint to okay. put forward this is good news after that I have Duke Rufus to put forward for sainthood and what are your thoughts behind this my sainthood thoughts on that are that in the Pettis Ferguson fight mm-hmm. he forsaking himself nonetheless put his own thoughts aside and thought only of his fighter so thinking of others is a good point yep. and he questioned Pettis which is one of the things we discussed before about communication in the corner which is something I really love he communicated clearly and openly he said can you throw that hand and when Pettis says I don't think so the fight was terminated he just automatically took it out of Pettis's hands and took it upon himself to protect his fighter for another day that's a sign of an excellent coach and in my opinion an MMA saint a truly selfless oh, act well here's here's one for you though to put a bit of a spanner in that whilst I agree with absolutely everything you've just said he also trained CM Punk yeah but also <laughs> if somebody drove a dump truck of money up to your house and said hi this is CM Punk that is true would you like a new story on your mansion yeah hang I'm gonna say yes to that he, he said and I quote CM Punk has finally becoming a complete martial artist. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give him a pass. I am as well. I was for, just playing devil's like yeah. selfless that, act. Yeah. And, and that that selfless act, I think, does take it away because there's too many coaches out there, as we've discussed in the past, who start every sentence with I or me and they forget that it should be athlete focused. He was completely athlete focused yeah. that day. Took care of his fighter. Hello, the cuts. I don't think would have stopped that fight alone. They were no, brutal. They were. That was the, the hand injury, which is probably one of those things that normally would need surgical correction. So mm. he saved him quite a lot of time out of the, the ring and career. So he might have protected Self- him for a long period of time. So it's selfless, considering the stakes as well. Because very high. And beat Tony Ferguson the third 
we're talking about Anthony Pettis in the title mix again. McGregor money mix. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I well, I've always rated Duke Griffiths as a coach. Um, uh, well, up until I did, I did waver on that uh, uh, during the CM Punk. Not so much the first time round, the second time round. Mm. Uh, but I actually agree. Um, I think that this is it's something that I would love to see more of. Like uh, per Ayuri Alcantara, um, or Alcantara, uh, you know. That was a fight that the tiles should have been thrown in. Of course, on. we see this all the time—the Rocky Pennington scandal. You know, there there are many times we see this, and and fair play be for two two people: one for for Pettis for just listening to his coach, because that's ultimately mm-hmm. what your coach is supposed yep. to be there for. Because I don't I don't expect someone in the middle of a fight to be thinking clearly. No, no, but and I but expect them. To one be thing able it listen. did show me too was how professional Pettis is yeah. really professional I, I talked to you before about communication in a corner I don't like communicating for the first 20 seconds it's just quiet nobody talks you gain your breathing back because it's feeling you've just been in a traumatic event for 5 minutes yeah. so when you come back in there, the, the first thing if you start shouting at somebody the trauma continues and they don't listen to a single word you're saying so the communication was clear concise and, con- and calm and Pettis responded really really well mm-hmm. it does two things it also lets Rufus in this case know that Pettis isn't injured and he's responding clearly and correctly yep. but it also let him get forward his point is that I don't want you to come back out there if your hand's damaged and it did a lot of different things that's how communication works in a, in a, in a corner environment if you see all these guys in bro sans garbage go on oh, just go out and do this and just throw that that's a little shit said. and you're just shouting and shouting motivational gym talk bollocks at them yep. it doesn't work when you see that properly happen in there it's the same with John we talked about John earlier on listen yep. to John in the corner sometimes his, his there's no shouting it's all nice calm concise yep. easy to follow instructions there's not more than two and it just seems to be seamless and that's the same with Duke here so I got it has to be a sinner yeah, saint, no, saint, sorry saint, I was going to say flip me um, no I, I agree completely I will, we will allow him a sainthood he gets a temporary sainthood until, uh, until, well, until until CM Punk comes back yeah well don't don't joke about that um, although we'll learn sainthood again when CM Punk becomes the rising heavyweight champion uh, Mr. Uh, I know that this is uh, Andy. I have uh, heard your your prior thoughts on this uh, before we were recording. So uh, the, the apologies, but this is probably one mm-hmm. I think you're going to put forward as well. Um, Dominic Cruz, I am putting forward as a sinner. Um, I thought that for the first time ever, um, this saddens me. Uh, it saddens me as well. But but hear me out. Let me hear me out. The MMA gods were very disappointed. They were not appeased by his performance the other mm-hmm. night because they believed that he showed a remarkable lack of what is. And let, let this is the the important part. He showed a remarkable lack of insight for someone who has a remarkable amount of insight. This is a man that is known for being very insightful mm. and, and usually very, very accurate with his uh, commentary. But per Dom, for whatever reason, whether it be because the UFC said, hey, you need to pick Connor up a bit, or because someone's had a word with him, he was saying things along the lines of, whilst Connor's getting smashed repetitively on the face on the ground, saying things like, ah, you know, just waiting for Habib to get tired. It's like, mm, no, he looks more like Homer Simpson he, there. Yeah. He was certainly spouting the sacrilegi- sacrilegious rhetoric. Um, he almost sounded like the UFC's representative for the Connor nut hugger. Yeah. It was. For very, whatever reason. Yes, there was an unnecessary amount of ball washing there. I it really was. I didn't think that... And, and Now, normally, I'll give you an example why I find this... I was going to put put him forward as a sinner as well, simply because of this. But as a point of him being such a normally good analyst, listen to his breakdown of how DC beats Stipe. 
It was fantastic. He also does something that I like an awful lot. He discusses how much prevalence that people place on body shots and how that works later on in the fight so he does know what he's doing he does know what he's mm-hmm. talking about and he normally is a great analyst really concise doesn't mix his words doesn't make it get flustered or he, he's good on camera he's good chemistry with the other guys and girls he works with but seriously what in the wide world of sports was he talking about he's kind of got some out he's using that old mat technique where he just lies there getting flattened <laughs> and then Oh, he's tired. It's not going to work. No. Again, have you ever seen Khabib get tired? No. 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 Have you ever seen no. Khabib ever lose that position? No. Not no. in any fight I've ever seen. I, I think maybe, as I said, you can give Connor maybe one round as an argument. Yeah. So that could be the only round I've ever seen Khabib lose. And even yeah. then. So even then, you're going to you're gonna make a strong argument here. But So to come out with that absolute rubbish, he needs to be a sinner. He, uh, he spent some time... Thinking about, what, thinking he's about what he's done. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree. agree. Are we are we talking then? Do we think for Dom? Then is he right? Should we make a pact? Temporary, temporary purgatory. But if we catch him oh, at this again, again, we're gonna have to. No. We're gonna have to put him into hell. I'm not having purgatory. I'm having a seven day trip to hell. He'll get out, but he has to. You know, would he learn more bad habits there? That's my worry. The world here. The world. This is or we learn a lesson, not to do this again. Well, we'll have to try. We'll have to try. So, so until next week. But then he's st- right. Okay. The caveat to that: if we're going, we're going all like lawyer here. I will. I will make this deal with you. But the MMA gods will only be appeased by this, providing that he just stays in purgatory, unless he ha- provides excellent. The next time he provides noteworthily excellent commentary, he's out again. He's he's at home with his wife and kids. We'll let him out. Sounds like a reasonable deal. Yeah, we all yeah, agree. I'm agree so he's that. a week in hell to serve his to do his penance, mm-hmm. and then he's staying in purgatory until he proves to the MMA gods yeah. and the MMA community that he is not, in fact, a Connor nut hugger. Exactly. Yeah. Sweet, cool. Mel, have you any others before we wrap? I would like to bring forth a not, not a saint nor a sinner, but instead to see if we can agree on the anointing, the the blessing of a certain building, which I feel has gone Ooh, okay. unrecognized for too long. I would like to bring forth, a.k.a. the American Kickboxing Academy. As the MMA God's point of pilgrimage? Possibly. As a temple for a the temple MMA of God's. pilgrimage oh. for the old As man. possibly the best gym in the world. They have had, in the last five years, two UFC heavyweight champions, a UFC light heavyweight champion, a UFC middleweight champion, and now, as of last Saturday, a UFC lightweight champion. Um, this gym's resume stacks up against, and surpasses, in my opinion, any other current super gym that's absolutely fair um, I I think that aka I think a lot of that comes from perhaps the fact that for a long time they were known as the place to go to get injured mm. for a long for time the they hard, hard sparring. a lot of yeah. hard sparring but, but devil's advocate yeah, I don't know. Well, are they, do they still do that? I'm not sure. That's the thing. I wonder is that if there is something that's changed there, has that changed? And well, crazy Kane Bob seems Cook to be left. Well, shocker. And no uh, crazy Bob Cook. Dutch kickboxer. So yeah, yeah. there's no. Um, everybody knows about the Dutch gyms and their crazy way of trying to give each other brain damage. Yeah. So if he's left, does that mean then that Javier Mendez has perhaps adjusted the the training regime? Because it would be for so long they were known as the nearly gym. Mm-hmm. So there must have been. There's something has happened there. We don't know what it is. There's definitely been a shift in the right shift. direction. And, and is it Mendes? 
It very well could be. Possibly one of the most underrated coaches in the world. Yeah, um, yep. I, I can see it. Uh, you're, you're a big uh, Perillo guy. Yep. Um, some You see some crossover between the two of those, then? Uh, yeah, the fact that both don't get the same what, the credit that they deserve. I know Perillo doesn't court the limelight as much, but, I mean, they've both cornered a large amount of UFC champions at the minute. So you're looking Very at Ken true. Velasquez, DC, Rockhold, now... Habib, and then if you look at Perillo, you start out with BJ Penn, Tito Ortiz, Cyborg, Bisping, and you're thinking, yeah. they're, they're the common denominator in these people's mm. rise to the top, and I think they probably don't get the credit they deserve, maybe in, in another circle. If you, maybe if you went to that gym, they're probably maybe held in higher regard, but in a larger MMA community, you're still talking about the Greg Jacksons for us a hobby. Rightly so, rightly so, don't get me wrong, I'm not denigrating them. No, and no. also, and now, I suppose, if you want SBGEI with the likes of John and stuff, who, yeah. don't get me wrong, again, as a super coach, they need another you, fighter. But they probably just need somebody else to, to back that up. Yeah, they do. Um, the and one, one person, though, that could quietly do that um, is Gunnar Nelson. He's been very quiet. I haven't seen him. I didn't see him in any of the footage of Connor. I didn't see him in any of the other stuff. I did. I always do like Gunnar. I just thought maybe his last time out wasn't his best performance. No. And I think that he's been, injured for a good while. He's been very badly injured. And I think he is somebody that definitely can't do it. I think he could do it. He's absolutely so slick in the ground. Oh, he's ridiculous. phenomenal. Like um, another wizard. Yeah, he's, he really is phenomenal. Um, I actually... But, completely agree with what you said about mm-hmm. uh, AK and it, it hadn't even dawned on me until you raised the point where it, of, of course they are mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems obvious once it's been said um, you know I mean you can't you can't be responsible for Habib DC Luke Rockhold Cain Velasquez and uh, you know many, Fitch, many, Cossack, Swick, oh, Josh yeah. Thompson yeah. Josh yeah. Thompson is another one like Josh Thompson still one of the very few guys to give Nate that Josh Thompson actually was listening to Thompson before the Habib Connor fight, and he was the one that said, like, Habib's straightness is the easiest fight of his career. Yeah. I suppose I like, in some ways it was. Yeah, he didn't take it, any any damage at all. No, he didn't really. get hit properly. And now, granted, a few tapes of the body, which were starting to redden, and I guarantee that was causing him a lot of problems. Yeah, I'm but sure it was just didn't show it. <laughs> just didn't show it. Um, he looked tremendous. Yeah. Um, well, so, a blessing passed upon them a blessing passed the book, but we're going to have to get in touch them on Twitter and let them know that mm-hmm. the MMA gods have, have anointed them a place of official pilgrimage a place from, of worship place of worship from the Jack and Mel Superata MMA show um, well that wraps the Saints and Sinners section so people yes go forth into the world with the blessings of the MMA gods and always remember MMA be with you MMA um, and also with, with you, you. Yeah. so the last thing we're going to talk about uh, just before we wrap up is it would be remiss of us not to talk a bit about the Bellator main events they're happening back to back first question how would you feel about more UFC back to back events we see it the odd time but how would you feel about it not psyched no not psyched either I, I, think I would too actually much. look for less UFC yep. events and have quality fewer, better but with better quality better yeah. quality less output I think that that's happening more and more now where they're trying to hype fights. If you saw the uh, Sinjari Eubanks and Valentina. Now, I'm not denigrating either girl, especially not Valentina because she's absolutely tremendous. We've done enough of that for you. Valentina fan. (laughs) But if you think about that, they're they're trying to play that off as an MSG headliner. It's not an MSG headliner. No disrespect to either lady. They're both phenomenal talent. But with Bellator, you're getting less shows but mm-hmm. with better content I'm not saying that Rampage and the One Snack right, Smurderer yeah. as he was called <laughs> have made it into would make it onto the onto the prelims these days I don't believe they would but 
they're still producing content that people want to see. It's yep. just less often. And I think that that's maybe somewhere we should go down the line of. My issue with this is that over the Friday and Saturday, you've got one phenomenal card. And one split mm. in two. Yeah. If you took... Obviously, they're headlined by the uh, heavyweight Grand Prix semi-finals. This yeah, yes. semis, yeah, semis, yeah. yeah. Just put them on the same card. Same card. Sell get, out, mi- get a bigger arena, sell it out, and those are your main and your co-main. That's mm-hmm. infinitely more interesting. And then you can fill out the rest of the card with your Roy Nelson, Ser- Sergei Caraton. It's a crack and fight. That has got yeah. massive potential. And then you've got yeah. Schlemenko and Benson Henderson, Czech Congos fighting. Like, there's a whole pile of great names. But yeah, Czech Congress fighting Timothy Johnson, which I, I'm calling it now, most boring fight of the night. You think Tim, so? Yeah, I think Timothy Johnson at 265 and Czech at 230-odd. I, I think that Johnson clinches and grinds and, him and against the cage for a three-round. The last couple say, of Czech keeps winning in Bellator. He, he does, does, but his last couple of fights have been instant rehypnol. Oh, he is, he is dull. dull, Very, dull and for dull. one of the most... It's frightening physique of a human being you're ever going to see in your entire oh, yeah. existence. Sculpted from marble. Ridiculous. And a guy who has knocked people dead in mm. the past just to produce that level. I know he's in his 40s and he should be commended for keeping himself in such fantastic condition and fighting at such, like, as I keep saying, the pinnacle, the top 10%. So, got to give him a lot of credit, but I agree with you, it'll be a snore fest. I, I think it will be as well. Um, and the, the main events, obviously, are the ones that we're well, predominantly focused on. Uh, the first one up is uh, it's Metrion, isn't it? Metrion's yes, it is. Metrion first, so it's uh, Metrion and Ryan Bader. So f- this fight's fascinating. It, it is. So first of all, um, Andy, who have you got? Heart and head. Heart says that I would like Ryan Bader to win. Yeah, but my head says Metrion knocks yeah, him dead. That's that's kind of how I feel as well. I want. I said that I want Bader to win purely because on a selfish note. Although I think Bader fucks Chael's world up, I think that Chael has a chance against Bader, as where I just don't see Bader beating Metreon, or sorry, see Chael beating Metreon mm. at all. So on a selfish note, I'd like to see Bader win. I also think he's looked amazing recently. He has, heavy bit especially. outside the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is the opposite to what Chael has said about this fight. Really? He has come out yesterday and said he is uh, hoping Mitrion wins because he is the easier fight for him. Bollocks he is. I think that is him playing games. I think he's going to win. I think so. I'm just uh, taking the man at his yeah. word. I'm going to pick against you. I think Bader. I think, I don't know, just something's telling me that he's going to crack Mitrion with a big overhand right. Think of how Mitrion and Fedor caught each mm-hmm. other. And I think Bader has that similar sort of step in, knee tap overhand right, which we've coincidentally been talking about this whole podcast I just logic says Mitrion but something's telling me Bader Bader. I think it kind of looks pretty similar to the Roy Nelson fight Mm. I think that's I didn't think there'll be many too much action on the ground I don't think Bader could basically take Mitrion down the way yeah Mitrion's too big and I think then he just beats him up on his feet yeah if Mitrion fights smart and uses like Mitrion's got a huge reach like Mm. over 80 um, I was like six four, six five. You, you know, supremely athletic. But he, maybe not so much in his Bellator run, but as you have seen, he nearly has a tendency to fight stupid. Mm. Have you seen how lean he's looking at? He is looking very small. Have you seen him recently? No. Um, he's. I think he must. I think he looks about two forty now. Yeah, mm. I, oh, he's no, a super I think, athlete. Like I think he's superb athlete. I think he's actually smaller than that. Um, I think I remember reading somewhere that he wanted to shed weight, knowing that. Um, 
the, the bearer was smaller and also that this fight could come down to a bit of a gas tank issue yeah. um, but I'll see so like, saying Ryan Bader is smaller or considering small because he is also a gigantic man yeah a very large no light way, heavyweight yep that's Matt Metrio and to those obviously well I was going to say to those none of you he can see um, but it's a it's a photo of man he's shredded uh, and, and he does he looks to me yeah. to be 220 230 you know like he's that small um, so it would be really interesting to see what impact if, mm. if he's still because like this was that, a few months ago so if he's still you know I don't know if his plan was to, to get you know to cut cut down and then you know just slowly build the weight back up or what, what his intentions are with this but if he's still looking like that you're basically seeing what's well, essentially two light heavyweights not cutting weight yeah. my thing with Mitrione is and one of his best weapons since uh, training with Henry Hooft is that big heavy leg kick yeah. mm. and it's just whether he'll be willing to throw that out against Bader I don't think so Bader think with the speed that. could catch it and take him down and if he Peter. takes him down once he's losing that round because he's not yeah. getting back up he mightn't finish him but he's going to lose that round yeah. so he can't, I don't know whether he risks that unless he sets it up properly with the hands and when I say setting it up properly I mean he has to land something significant yeah. that is Snap going the head back. yeah that it shows that there's a da- not damage caused but he's taking his mind off the game to land that round kick yep. yeah and then I think then the game's up the game's out as well after that because if he knows if he lands another shot then what's coming following that is a round kick so you prepare for the takedown yeah. so he's kind of in that I don't know that no man's land again yeah I don't think he throws it though yeah. no. so my head says Mitrion but I just have a feeling so I'm going to have to go with a feeling and call Bader mm. Fair enough. Um, I, I'm going to call Metrion. I I'm think he's as well. too big and too strong. And I know it, again, sounds odd against Bader, mm. but it just uh, it's the athleticism. Metrion is one of those guys, a bit like you could almost see him in the Derek Lewis position, where, you know, it, it, when he was he was ranked, what, fifth or sixth mm. in the UFC at one stage or something like mm. that. And, you know, you'd almost find that difficult to believe, you know, because who'd he beat? You know, when you look at it and you, you know, and you think about it, it but it's like Mitrion beat Derek Lewis. Well, he did. Yeah. He did. I'd like to say that again. Yeah. Mm. Well, where yeah. where would you rank if you could theoretically just lift Mitrion out of Bellator and plop him, him in the top five? Ranks? He would be in top five. Top yeah. Five? He would be top five. Yeah. Certainly top ten. But you'd like, and mm. I, but I think he's a, he's handily in the top ten, and and I think he's probably in it. Well, let's see. I mean, you think about it. Do you think he beats Curtis Blades? That's what mm. I th- I would like. It's my judgment. I think Blades probably would beat him at the minute, but the age and super athletes. Mitrion would have a chance against Stipe, but he would definitely have a chance against somebody like Stipe. He definitely has a chance against Lewis. He would definitely. definitely I think Blades, like we said. Are, is the Kevin Lee yes. of heavyweight? No one wants like, to fight I think him. He's no. the scary one. He, that's fight against he beats Ngannou here. He yeah. beats Ngannou. I, I'm, I'm more than confident that he beats Ngannou. He would have learned more from that Ngannou fight than Ngannou learned from the Blades fight. And, and that's he would have learned from it. the Stipe fight too. Yeah. Blades to me is the champion in waiting. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, 100%. Once the DC Lesnar nonsense. And I yeah, think if that ever pans out, yeah. if it ever materializes. And I think, uh, I'm making a bold prediction, but I think that Blades could be. I think he could do what Stipe did. I think he could set the record. Multiple defenses. Multiple, multiple yeah. defenses. No He's young enough, not. strong enough. His style His is style's effective. most important. Yeah. Effective. Like, I mean, well, here's the thing. So if you, like, Metrion, Mark Hunt, would probably favour Metrion. Just. Probably, yeah. Tybura, yeah. I'd favour Metrion. Olenek. Mm. Olenek. He's, he's he, yeah, maybe, maybe Olenek. But, but I could see a case for Metrion. Mm. Junior DeSantos, Metrion, that's a fight that's I want to watch. Overeem, Metrion, I'd probably give it to Metrion because I think Overeem's chin's gone. No, I can. 
really mm. Overeem how many times do you want to see Overeem get finished before you're happy but never. Like, you must really hate happy. him yeah. just hate him I'll so never, much yeah. under the ostracism I love him all to keep watching no, the fight I hate this man yeah, yeah I mean it, like, I, I just, I'm kind of done seeing him get finished now. I really like the guy I, I don't him. want to see him I don't want to see him fight again he needs to take like you know, give him Arlovsky and then sail off into the sunset. Give him know. nobody and let him just go. <laughs> Don't wow, do that. Have enough. I agree. I agree. You know, I could see Volkov, Metrion. I'd probably give the edge to Volkov. Mm-hmm. But this is a Styles make matchups problem. But I'd Metrion and Ghani. I'd probably fancy Metrion. Fancy Metrion there. Yeah. I think Ghani was that flash in the pan. Now, then again, when he see this, he goes and absolutely irons blades out in China and makes well, a fool yeah. out of me. I'd throw Metrion in six, seven. Yeah, and around yeah. there. Well, I mean, anywhere in and around the top five. So, yeah, I, th- I think that he's 100% there, thereabouts. The other main event, which is the one that I, I actually think I might be more excited for than the, the McGregor-Khabib fight, is Chael Sonnen and Fedor. Um, to anyone who doesn't know, Chael Sonnen made a promise to his dad that he'd be the heavyweight champ of the world one day. His dad passed away a number of years ago, and this is uh, this is Chiel's chance to actually fulfil that storyline it is the dankest storyline I think I've ever heard in yeah. sports like if he wins this that is one of the greatest stories in sports not just in MMA so few people would know yeah and not well I guarantee Chiel would make sure a lot of people know <laughs> yeah but we'd be like Chiel no I, I, <laughs> but I would love to see him do it. And again, it's a heart and head thing. My heart would love to see Chael Sonnen take Fedor down and basically just dominate him for three rounds and stroll off to the Mitrione fight. Uh, There is a fantastic story with Fedor on the other side, though. The nearly the forgotten passed by legend, the former greatest. Hmm. You're looking to reclaim, you know. Yeah, as you say, ready made story. But I, I. I see Metroon or Bader beating either of them. Sadly. Sadly, yeah. Sadly. I would love to see Chael come through that and go on and win it. Simply because, A, I like Chael's son, and B, yeah. because it's a great story. But I think it's going to be a Fedor Metroon oh, final. I don't again. know. Again. I, I, I really have a hard time picking this one because size-wise, there isn't enough between them to make me think oh no it's too big skill level skill level skill level and the striking is night and day I'd say that they're probably not far apart from each other I've never seen Fedor get held down by someone who isn't obscenely large like Antonio Silva held him Mm -hmm. and beat him up but that's like getting a truck parked on top of you yeah but I've also never really seen well I just can't really think of very many times where he's being taken down because normally it's him doing the throwing yeah do you know because he's so slick with his sambo and his judo that it's normally him if it's going to the ground it is usually him taking it to the ground it'd be interesting to see how he handles just an old school double double leg wrestler I am predicting I think Fedor taps him Chiel takes him down Catch him Fedor and sweeps him and Kamara's him or arm bars him I can see it I can see that mm. path to victory absolutely. I can even see Chiel clipping him and dropping him and then following him down and this happening and that, yeah, yeah I can add that. now that's a, that's a, that's a story like Chiel's that I can not known see. for his power well, at all but he's good he's you know he's an underrated striker he's, he's under, yeah. very underrated striker because uh, you look at the people boxing yeah, just, yeah. look yeah. who Fedor's he's been in with with the hands very low mm. well 
I, Although we've been training in Holland for this fight. Fedor has? Yeah. 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 That's an interesting change. Yeah, that's a, a very, very interesting change. as well with only, I think, six, six guys, guys, which he's right? all brought in. Yeah. yeah. All like hand He's obviously taking this very, very seriously. Very seriously. Well, this is his last. Well, it's both their last shots. Last, yeah, Gore, it is. Yeah. Um, I never say never for Chael, to be frankly honest, because I thought no. the UFC was his last shot. And yeah. at anything, at any. And then look what he's done here. He's really reinvented himself as a heavyweight. The guy's a massive, massive middleweight when he's yeah. there. And he thought, how can he fight it light heavy? He fought it light heavy. How can he fight it heavy? He's fighting it heavy. So How can he fight it heavy? Chill. Yeah, yeah, kangaroo meat. Yes, can kangaroo meat and special candy. Yeah, I would imagine exactly. He's the one guy who I kind of don't mind taking it. No. I don't know why. Like, it's just the person. Do you know why it is? I know because he's the only guy it. that took it, that admitted actually it. admitted it and handled it the right way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to me, like this is what I said, my problem with John Jones was. My problem with John Jones isn't the cheating. It's the repetitive cheating and sociopathic lack of acceptance that is cheat. John Jones, by admitting, like Chael did, loses all the accolades, whereas Chael never got the accolades. I think Chael had a one that had to beat Anderson Mm. and went on to defend it a bunch of times. Chael Anderson. Hmm? Chael did beat Anderson. He's undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) Undisputed. He is my all-time favourite fighter. But if he had become the UFC champion Mm -hmm. and then all this came out Mm -hmm. and then he went, yeah, well, I did it with a juice. But then again, when he was juicing, everybody was juicing. It's not like, and he still, okay, he quite clearly still is. But when he was doing it, everybody was doing it. How much must he have been on to actually get caught? You think, (laughs) yeah, and and you think back then getting caught, what the fuck? Was yeah, he taken? Yeah. And it's like John Jones now. I I gonna marginally disagree with you. I think if John Jones had to come out and said, you know what, I have a few problems and I took steroids to help me climb that mountain, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it again. Um, and here's the reasons why. I think he gains an awful lot more from doing that rather than dropping away. Because what people are seeing now is this creature that resembles a once great UFC. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna go on about it because you know what, everybody could go on about it. He's just a snitch and you wouldn't have him anywhere near you now. No. Yeah. I can just imagine going Yeah, in. there is there is merit in, in people come forward. I'm trying to think of uh, another guy who came to mind was Tim Sylvia. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. came forth and said with, uh, you know, yeah, it took steroids because... Weidman as well. Yeah. Weidman? Yeah, Weidman came forward about TRT, did he not? He had, uh, and look at Belford, another one. He obviously was very open about TRT. Yeah. But Sylvia was just like, yeah, I didn't really take it for performance enhancing. You know, I was just sick of getting called fat. I didn't want to get called fat anymore. Yeah. But I, I, you can just imagine now, can you imagine going to train with John Jones? <laughs> you guys look really jacked today. Testing, <laughs> yeah. testing. Yeah. Uh, what are you what he's using? Testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, bye. See you later, John. I, th- I think that arguably your point about John Jones losing his, his credibility, if you will, or his, 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 oh, uh, no, no, all I, his I, achievements. I, I, I'm I, going to backpedal and say... I think he has already. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, I'm literally just... If you isolate the steroid rather than like John Jones with everything else, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fighting, the hit and run, the drag racing... But he didn't blah, take blah. responsibility for a single one but, of those. Oh, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, there, there is no retribution and yeah, taking yeah. responsibility for that now, but... Or, I don't know where I'm going. If only we had the Saints and Sinners section whenever the whole John Jones scandal happened because you know where he'd be placed firmly right now. Mm. He is Lucifer. He doesn't yeah, need to be placed there. Uh, excuse me. I think you'll find in the, in the Saints and Sinners I am Lucifer. <laughs> I'm not having this. No way. Um, that's going to wrap us up for today. Um, Mel, cheers. Andy, thanks again for joining us. Brilliant, anything, thank you very much. If you, anything you want to shout out? Any any social media you want to shout out? Or? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at, uh, at the icon 77 See him on Twitter. And guys, again, say us all the time when I'm talking to people, if you really are interested in MMA, go and find a gym and please make sure that you do 
patronize your local shows. If you see a show happening close by, whether it be boxing, MMA, kickboxing, Thai boxing, go and watch it. Go yep. and watch it live. There's nothing like the feeling of being ringside or being in an atmosphere of a live sporting event such as that. Go and do it. You never know. You might love it. And if you're worried about trying it, you never know. You might be amazing. Just give it a go. Absolutely. And the pleasure as always, Mel. See you later. Peace. Peace.